Ahoy there, it's me, your old pal, Captain Kevin. Thanks for checking out this episode of the Out of Chair Podcast. I want to give a shout out to our amazing backers over at patreon.com forward slash AE podcast. The reason why this here podcast is a whole bunch of hours without ads in it is because of those lovely backers. Indeed, they get access to not just over a hundred episodes of the Smackdown Crawl, not just all of the Bibliotech, the Reading Ranch, Billy Keeble comic reviews with Adam, as well as video episodes, Q&A's, The the Big Show Show, and our new series, The Corporate Ministry of Sound. Hey, a new episode is literally just dropped today over on that Patreon page as myself and Adam review Terry Funk's album, Great Texan, a fantastic time indeed, paying homage to one of the all-time greats and one of our all-time faves. God damn it, he's the funker, and God damn it, we had a good time on that episode. Other recent episodes of The Corporate Ministry of Sound include Hulk Hogan's album, Macho Man, Randy Savage's rap offering and a deep dive into Michael Hayes' musical career, aka Why Can't the Kids Pray in School? Well, Michael P.S. Hayes, we might get to the bottom of that over at patreon.com forward slash AE podcast $5 a month and as well as all that entire back catalogue two new pieces of content a month minimum at the $5 tier you can drop out whenever you want, it is truly the best value audio you're gonna get you have all this show for free here on the main feed but it's entirely new, fantastic amazing content over at patreon.com forward slash AE podcast videos podcasts and much much more all of which we're extremely proud of so why not join today say thanks for this podcast by getting access to a shitload of other podcasts okay it's time to settle in and fire up the grill because it is allegedly the biggest party of the summer but I have a funny feeling it's SummerSlam 2006 big train down the line makes me lonely Hello everyone and welcome to the Attitude Podcast. Season 5 blazes a trail through the biggest party of the summer. It's only SummerSlam 2006. Hello everyone once again, it's me your old pal Captain Kevin. Joined as I am always by my party political colleagues. First to my left, Adam, the party animal Bibolo. <laughs> I'm crazy about partying, baby. Particularly in the summer, the season of parties. Oh man, I love getting so fucking hot that I don't want to move. That's my idea of a great party, baby. Adam, tell the fine folks at home the, the big reveal. How many episodes of Raw... Did you party through to get in the party mood for the biggest party of the summer? It's egos getting in the way that have led to this best of nine episodes of Raw. And you also had to watch some ECW as well, didn't you? Yeah, emphasis on had to right yeah. there. And like, there's people be like, hey, wait a second, I purposely avoided listening to that episode of The Feed. What are you doing? I'm that's just, your problem, Just mate. mentioning it is all uh-huh. I am. How are you feeling today? Fine. Fine. It's nice to be sat down not looking at ECW specifically. But you said on those episodes you were in the 06 mindset that you were enjoying the product generally. Did I say that? You said that there was there was definitely benefits to the to, to the maybe not the pay-per-views, but the show itself, you said it's Oh you know. on main roster. Sorry, I thought you meant ECW. <laughs> no, that doesn't I, sound like me no, at all. I, I won't as blatantly gaslight you as that. The raw episodes, yes, are still somewhat watchable. 
But the double bill of nine episodes in a row and DX being on top have made this show a lot more of a slog than it used to be. Yeah, if it's a slog for you, it's also apparently a slog for the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. Mm. More on that and his tell-all interview that happened as this fucking event was coming out later on in the episode. And to my right, unquestionably, the baddest man who's RSVP to the party, Billy Keeble. Hello. Billy I was going to ask how you're doing, but visually, I think there might be a bit of a spoiler here for the people in the room. It's time for one of Billy's adventures. What's, yeah. what's happening, my man? So it's King of the Ring 98 all over again. Mm. I, done, I done broke myself. Oh no, Billy. Yeah, I was cycling, came off my bike. I've managed to break my elbow, sprain my wrist. Bash up my knees. You ruptured a disc which fragmented into your yeah. spinal, spinal column, column, I believe. And then uh, potentially done something to my peck or bruised a rib. Yes. So I have been through the walls. On behalf of the entire Glargay community, Billy, I'm, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I do care that you broke thank your elbow, you. okay? And thank you to everybody who did send well wishes. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't mean we are going to review King of the Ring 98 again. Like, a lot of people said, this clearly means... Oh, that's I mean, an idea, though, isn't it? Yeah, but that's going to require me to break more bones. Yeah. yeah I was... mean, how many pay-per-views are there in Season 1 versus how many bones are there in your body? <laughs> like, we could get kind of a new spin on it, like... I'm sure there was an episode in Season 4 as well where right at the start you just announced to us, boys, I've got shin splints this week. <laughs> oh, yes, <laughs> yes. It's I, become a recurring segment, the medical update. Yeah, like, I feel like that was during season three, maybe. Yeah. I think there's a few people who, and look, I don't blame you because we all we all know what you're thinking. There's a few people at home who are probably rubbing their hands, going, "Ah, yes, Billy's injured. This will be a particularly good episode of the Outshare Podcast for whatever reason." Yeah, yeah, it's a good luck charm, really. Yeah, people, I've seen people literally say that. Yeah, but th- th- this episode's going to be good because I'm, I'm hurt. <laughs> like that's kind of like how a lot of wrestling companies have gained notoriety. Yeah. I kind of like to distance ourselves from that, and I will say, Billy, I want you to get better and be healthy and happy. Yeah, but you also did say, but if I didn't turn up, I'm out of the podcast. Yeah, so. that's true. We've got a long line. We've got a long list of people on Twitter that are gladly ready to take your place, yeah. Billy, and a long list of grievances from the former undefeated winner of Boys Picks. Oh. But that's for another episode. Yeah, put a pin in that. That's oh. a pin to be put in there Billy I'm happy though that you've come dressed for the occasion you look like you're in a party mindset I am in a party summer mindset summer mindset even though it is not very summery in Manchester right now it is a wet day yeah it's a dark day yep so summer slam <laughs> oh no baby <laughs> can't intro it like that <laughs> for 19 years SummerSlam has been the biggest party of the summer Into 
SummerSlam and beat him to a royal bloody pulp. See, there's two types of people in this world. Those who fight for pride and those who fight for glory. Shut up! That's not the way the real John Cena versus Edge story goes, no. Now, Edge is one of them dirt bag, cut, throw stamp on your face, piss on your grave scumbags. And I am sick of getting no respect around here. You want to get a psychological advantage to SummerSlam? And every good story needs a grand finale, a great ending, and usually the good guy wins. But this is the real world, son, and I'm throwing on my black hat. You want the glory of walking down that ramp saying you're the champ? This story's gonna have a happy ending. You want respect, but it's gonna be for me. Get your ass out here and earn it. Oh no, SummerSlam 2006, it's been hijacked. Did you see on the... The poster, they'd spray paint a little DX on there. Yep. What are those writers like? Yep. I know. And that, that's happened in the past as well. The NWO hijacked some versions of the WrestleMania 18 promotional material, but not the main one itself when it was decided that it should not be a focus of it. And of course, who could forget when the Nexus stole the N from Bragging Rights 2011. <laughs> Bragging Rights. <laughs> I mean, the N in Battleground was obviously already taken and spoken for, but there we are. Are you ready for a million weeks of hijinks because D-Generation X are back in business, baby? But before we get into any of that, I want some culture. Billy Keeble, if you would please furnish me with the media of the day. Absolutely. So as we always do, we're going to start with music. Number one single for UK. It's a one that we had in a previous episode, but I think it might have been for another country. But it's Hips Don't Lie. Good. Okay, Good we, stuff. we had that before, yeah. We had yeah. that before. Uh, uh, Jim Ross has been uh, actually referencing yes. that on Raw. He'd be like, it's like that song, King. Shakira with the Hips Don't Lie. It's appropriate for the biggest party yeah. of the summer. That'll yeah, be on the playlist. The US number one single, not as good, oh. I'm afraid. Mm -hmm. It's unfortunately London Bridge by Fergie. I like that song. That song's fucking sucks. It's oh, catchy. Well, somebody needs to hum that to me because post Fergalicious, I checked out. Make my London Bridge go falling down like Lundy, Lundy, Lundy. It's like she knew that Gwen Stefani was going to be soft cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> Coming in to eat her Japanese themed lunch. 15 yeah. years ahead of time. Her bento she got in boots. <laughs> <laughs> if you ask me, though, the winners. Our island. Yeah, baby! That's what I like to hear! The Irish number one single at the moment is Every Time We Touch by Cascada. Oh, dude! Come on. What a bop. Arcades up and down the country yeah. for the rest of your life. Uh, in terms of films, the UK number one and US number one, it's the same film, baby. It's Snakes on a Plane. Oh, would you look at this. Now, when you were sick and tired of those snakes and them playing, like, man, what was that lap, man? Was that kind of crazy for you? I'm like, I'm shit, there's snakes in the plane. I don't know if they're shooting or working. But in terms of games that were released mm. since our last episode. Oh, here comes got, controversy. Well, we've got Dead Rising. Okay. Dead Fuck Rising. that game. No, no. Fuck I, that game and it's tiny text. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, and then like, oh, you have to go get a new TV. And you do. And the text is still small. <laughs> What's going on? Were you ever meant to read it? Was it like just meant to be there as a set dressing? You could wear funny hats in that game. <laughs> but if you don't put on the funny hat in the next 10 seconds, you lose the game forever <laughs> to start over. Uh, another game you could wear a funny hat. Saints Row. Oh, yeah. that's the first oh, well, one. Well, the first one. Not much fun. 
fun to be had in that first no, one. Yeah. Really. Second one's really gets going. Yeah. You have to go all the way to the re-remake to get that level yeah. of no fun. <laughs> we also got Star Fox Command on 3DS. Okay, that's I, that one's alright. Or, right. or was it DS? That was DS. That one's okay. The lot of the Star Fox games, you know, the Ground Assault, etc., on the old uh, handhelds. Yeah. Pe- people just assumed that that franchise was dead because Shigeru Miyamoto no, wanted no, you to no, think no, that no. it was there. The DS was where it was at. There was also one that came out and you got like a little toy Starwing with it. You did. Yeah, and wasn't that on the Switch? You like, put it on the yeah, Switch. Yeah, no, we don't talk about that anymore. <laughs> like. And then, of course, who can forget everyone's favourite game? Xenosaga Episode 3 also sprack Zarathustra. <laughs> who can forget that classic JRPG well Billy thanks so much as always for your corner. and then in terms of events uh oh uh, no, no there's no need to say uh oh today uh, but we'll say uh oh next time uh, August 6th America's Children's Programme Blue's Clues concludes its 10 year run on Nickelodeon Blue's Clue Clues yeah August 8th. Was that, sorry, Blue's Clues. Is that the one that when it ended, it was mad, stared like a mad, sad, like, oh, I'm going away now. Forever. That's when the original host left. When he left. left, yeah. Bye, kids, I'm gone forever. Yeah, ah. when he got a real job. Yeah. And then he came back, didn't he, on Twitter, and he's like, hi, kids, I'm old now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't like that one. I want the young, I want the young one instead. <laughs> August 8th. Actor Sylvester Stallone yeah. and former heavyweight boxing contender Chuck Wepner set a lawsuit out of court for an undisclosed sum. Wepner claims he was the inspiration for the Rocky movies. Whoa! Oh, okay. Yeah. I'd like to unseal those transcripts. Yeah. Uh, August 25th, Hyperion, the world's tallest living tree, a redwood standing 115.55 metres, comes crashing was down. discovered okay, by no. nat- naturalists Chris Atkins and Michael Taylor in Redwood National and State <laughs> Parks, California. Which strikes me as weird, but it, like that park's been there for yeah. fucking ever. Whoa! They literally thought, Where did that come that from? Tr- <laughs> that tree's a bit bigger than the others. That one shot up. <laughs> and then finally, August 31st, Stolen on August 22nd, 2004, Edward, Edward Munch's famous painting, The oh, Scream, yeah. is recovered from a raid by Norwegian police. The painting was said to be in a better than expected condition. Oh, was oh. that when your man from England had uh, rubbed out the face and he put the silly nose on it? No. Wasn't <laughs> <laughs> that it? Better than before because he was all screaming horrible, but now he's don't, smiling. because I'm literally getting anxiety bubbling up in me just thinking about that. <laughs> yeah, a big nose, didn't nah, it? Nah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how funny it was. It was upsetting. And that is our events. That's our culture corner. Nice. We got off lightly this month, I think. Yeah, I think that is, you know, it's, it's funny. I was thinking, you know, 2000. Six, yeah, that's pretty good. That's oh, there, there's there's a big one coming next time. Yeah, yeah, there's a bit, there's a big sad coming next time. Oh. That we, I have to mention. Are you telling me <laughs> that you're going to cast a poll on Unforgiven 2006? I will. Billy? I will. Well, Adam, I know that we're all very, very excited because it seems now more than ever in 2006, magazines play a surprisingly large role in the WWE universe. Somewhat, yes. So I think it's time to unveil. <laughs> that is the sound of Todd Grisham unveiling a giant magazine cover. <laughs> See it. Which, For those not in the know. Which off camera has become the best grunt of the night. 
<laughs> like that is the Grunt Hall it's of like, Fame. It's like a kill noise. <laughs> I found Todd Grisham whacking off in my tool shed. <laughs> so what do we got in terms of the uh, the paper and the staple? Well, we've got big news, folks. Raw magazine and SmackDown magazine. <laughs> are no more. Oh. They have merged together back into the good old days of, of small. <laughs> small magazine. It's Rackdown and you know it. <laughs> it's WWE magazine from now on. Like okay. that's That's got to be a sign of what? Decreasing numbers? You would think, right? You're, you're getting rid of at least some of your staff if you're doing that. I, I mean, yeah, who was really realistically buying like, oh, Raw's my brand. I'm only going to buy their magazine or I'm a WWE guy. I'm going to buy two magazines a month like they're basically splitting their business in half when they did that i would Mm. imagine and i noticed as well on the raws and even on on ecw they've been talking about wwe.com and breaking stories there's like stuff about oh hulk hogan might not be at SummerSlam. you gotta check out wwe.com that's the news place now yeah jr talking about like this controversial study about the effects of wrestling on people fighting and during their dates check it out wwe.com it's where i go for all my great updates and wwe.com as we've kind of already seen over the last few months in this time period it's not really a wrestling magazine anyway it's very much an fhm maxim kind of lifestyle mag where you'll get to hear like wrestlers favorite movies and like where do you go to get your lingerie that kind of thing there's like, nothing here pretending to be kayfabe then like it would have been in the oh, old this is still kayfabe yeah like this isn't breaking kayfabe okay. anymore but it's not really talking about wrestling storylines or events or news it's just like let's have a chat with big dave as evidenced on the premiere oh. issue of this here i want my title back i want my title back batista Pissed off and hungry for gold. <laughs> Pissed off and injured. Because <laughs> he's had to relinquish his title for the, the ninth time in 2006. Exclusive interview with Ric Flair. Bonus, win Rick's robe. Your vote counts. <laughs> Weigh in on the best and worst of WWE in 2006. Take our hardcore quiz. You got the stones. Oh my, I want to take that quiz. And Divas in Delicates answer your sex questions. What's it like? (laughs) (laughs) And then because we've had, as mentioned, a fucking nine episodes worth of raw gap between recordings, that was last month's magazine. This month's magazine is Tristratus. Adam, I noticed that your scan is a autographed signature edition. This is the best quality image I could find of this magazine. It's one signed by Trish. The sexiest poster ever printed. Trish Stratus gets wet and wild. And I don't know about you, but the fact that they photoshopped on the graphic onto her t-shirt. Wanna wrestle. That's, that's unsexy. Yeah. Like, put, give her the shirt. Like, make the shirt. 67 dirty diva confessions inside. Let's Sorry. make it 69 I for know, right? Sake. 67? Uh, Triple H and Shawn Michaels like, oh! <laughs> that's on. That's our gimmick. <laughs> win a workout with a superstar. Win autograph DX gear. And win this wet t-shirt. They are pushing hard on the sex selling. Okay, room. but we know, though, that's not going to be the actual t-shirt because they're going to send you a t-shirt that already has Wanna Wrestle on it. Yes. 
So the actual T-shirt, what happened to it? And will it be verified by Linda McMahon as well? I want like, the seal of approval. And then again here, really showing we're going for the FHM market. They've got the sort of, or Playboy does this as well, I guess. <laughs> loads and loads of bullet points These on the are front here. Alan Partridge, WB right. Network ideas. Steady on. The rumours are true. Randy Orton, $17,000 in fines. Wow. Backstage brawls. Ow. Anger management class. <laughs> All this plus... John Cena's Beef Buffet. Yum. Andre the Giant's Medical Oddity. All right, would you leave him alone, lad? <laughs> the point is grave. Look yeah, what's going right. on in there. King Booker's Manservant. Kurt Angle's Bunny Buster. Hacksaw's Ripe Bananas. <laughs> Edge's Chop Shop. HBK's Throat Crusher. And of course... Tommy Dreamer's butt brownies. Wow. Is that is this because after that is he has he just shit himself at this point? Or well, the, afterwards? The Mark Henry World's Strongest Slam leading up to the Tommy Dreamer shit, that didn't happen until like 07, 08, like Ooh. so. How many times has this lad shit himself? Quite a few. Yeah. And you can win those pants in this month's issue of <laughs> WWE magazine. I'm not gonna lie, that is a case of throwing so much boo-boo banana stuff at the wall, it has stuck to my brain. My mind is racing at like how many of those 67 Dirty Diva confessions? This is the thing. Like, like, some of them got to be like, like, sometimes I like to have a ham and cheese sandwich. As, <laughs> as crap as all this content sounds, the mere quantity of it does make me want to buy that magazine. You yeah. compare that to like a picture of Kane and it's like, Kane's burning desire. That's nowhere mm. near as exciting as finding yeah, out. I would like to know what those 67 facts are. I want to know what Hacksaw's ripe bananas are I all I want to know about Cena's beef buffet. Right? Uh, I'll tell you that it's unseasoned. It's unseasoned. Definitely, Definitely unseasoned. Bit of lime well, to give you some spice. Well done, unseasoned. <laughs> exactly. Just the way I like it. A pivot for the magazines, but I think a pivot for the better. Yes, Definitely. Someday, we're going to have to do something more with these magazines. I know I've said it before. Is it a magazinesmanship? I think that's maybe the way to go. Yeah. A, ma a magsmanship or something like that. I want to get a job. I always see job lots on, on the eBay mm. at the car boot. Folks, if you've got magazines taking up space in your garage and you want them gone, feel free to send them our way. Yeah, take up space in our garage. Exactly. I don't even have a garage. <laughs> And it's now time for everyone's favourite recurring segment and not trapped behind a paywall where you don't have to take our word for it that it's really good content. <laughs> it's Smackdown Recall. I'm still not keen on, on the name, but... Uh, there's a beat in there, isn't there? Yeah, there's... It feels like the last word should be one syllable. How about yeah. Smackdown, as I recall? <laughs> okay. You like being a Southern gentleman. Yeah, I do like being a Southern dandy. Yeah. Okay, I, can, I can maybe go around with that. So obviously... We've had we've had a SmackDown pay per view between these last two Raw pay per views. Any particular SmackDown pay per view? Oh, it's only bloody Great American Bash. Uh oh. So here's the episode of SmackDown. Ah, my liver. <laughs> <laughs> the matches that we had, we can compare and contrast to today's pay per view. I'll probably say now that this was better than Great American Bash. Do you think? Um, so that we had was, that was a dire show. It was a bad show. We had in that pay per view WWE tag team title match. Kendrick in London versus the Pitbulls. Classic. Uh, we had I've really forgotten. All literally, <laughs> we had really? a we had a United States title match between Finlay and Real, William Regal. The only decent was, thing, which was good but yeah. weird because they were both working heel. The crowd the, did not like the it. shadow of Bobby Lashley. Yeah. Like, I'll get you next time, boys. When I'm not taking illicit substances, <laughs> you're both bastards. <laughs> Who can forget the non-title match of Matt Hardy versus Gregory Helms? 
I can. That's who. I literally wow. can forget complete, that. Complete blank on this. Punjabi prison match. Yeah. yeah. It's the big show versus the great Undertaker. Like something out of Steven Spielberg movie. Yeah. Uh, fatal four-way bra and panties match with Gillian, yeah. uh, Michelle McCool, Ashley and Crystal. Match of the night. Uh, singles match. Four MVPs. <laughs> Mr. Kennedy versus Batista. Oh, Jesus. Was that a match? Like, that was more of a mugging, I think. Yeah. Hey, everyone's popping for steroids. We need some goon to go out and spit himself <laughs> wide open and get buried. I, I'll do it! I'll yeah, do it! I, I, I do remember Kennedy fucking getting a lot of oh, yeah. on that. Oh, yeah. He gushed. And uh, finally, the main event was Rey Mysterio versus King Booker. Yes. Where Chavo promised him, don't you worry, I definitely won't betray you. I'll never yeah. betray I'm you. I'm in real estate. You can trust me, man. <laughs> Which is good, because that's going to be our first match tonight. Yes. So you're right. That is good, isn't it? Is it is good. That is good. It's good that we did the SmackDown recall right now. <laughs> and I just want to, on, on the back of the SmackDown recall, it's not just SmackDown that was testing for drugs, because in the run-up to this, there was a drug testing scheduled for the great superstars of WWE oh. Monday Night Raw. And we'll tell you all about it later on in this episode, oh. which may lead to some intriguing bumps in the road. We start off with a pretty decent video package that probably the main criticism I had of it was that it was struggling now more than ever to tell an even keel of story between the different brands. Because I don't care what you tell me, Booker T and Batista that was announced on WWE.com <laughs> is not as big a deal as Edge and John Cena who've been no. feuding all summer yes. long. All DX versus McMahon's. Right. It, it, it really took me out of it. Like, I know it's for a title belt, but fucking... Booker versus Batista. We get a weird thing at the start here as well, which they really hammer home all evening, that this is the 19th annual SummerSlam. Whoa! They keep putting it over like 19 is some sort of magical number. Do like, you think that's to get people home going, oh shoot, we should get tickets for next year? Yeah, literally. Like, yeah. Oh, skip this one then. Like the <laughs> next year's one. Yes, in the build-up to this, we've had an unprecedented three goopings, all of which are attributed to D-Generation X. Of course. But quietly in the background, Edge and John Cena have probably been having one of the best feuds in the company. Yeah. We'll talk about that when we get to that match, but I do not agree with that statement. Look, John Cena says there's two type of people out there. Those who fight for pride and those who fight for glory. We all know which one he is. One of those. One of them. To which in the video package, Edge just goes, shut up! <laughs> Great stuff, lads. Fantastic. Great stuff. And if you thought that was a busy video package, you ain't seen busy till you've seen Announce Desk Boulevard. Welcoming okay, us yeah. from SmackDown, it's Michael Cole and John Bradshaw Layfield. And as well as that, we've got from Monday Night Raw, Jay the King Lawler and good old Jim Ross, JR. And joining us from ECW Sci-Fi on Tuesday nights, it's Joey Styles and the Human Suplex Machine Taz, who will have an unprecedented... 10 minutes of work to do here yes, tonight. So better get on their own desk for sure. We're in Boston with that beautiful half pineapple slice stage. Love that. Mm. That awesome big semicircle Tron is so cool. I will say Jim Ross referring to Jerry Lawler as the original party animal of the WWE yeah. made me think far too long and wide. No, don't, I don't like think that. about those parties. We're starting things off. Dark Side Rules. Rey Mysterio versus Chavo Guerrero Jr. Soul on a pole match. That's Jesus. literally what I wrote as well. Really? Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> Fucking 
How? Custody of Eddie's ghost in this he's, match. He's been dead for nine months yes. now. Let him rest. It's so fucking horrible. When we had a slice of this at WrestleMania 22, we were like, Jesus, that's a bit bit heavy on the broth there, lads. A bit pungent. It's similar with, like, with Royal Rumble. You got me, Eddie. When we had it, a bit of it at Great American Bash, it also felt a bit much. But these were all times where that story was meant to be inverted commas in the background Mm -hmm. now this is the meat and potatoes of this entire feud Mm -hmm. i counted five minutes into the pay-per-view including pyro and all three announced teams being introduced they said eddie guerrero 12 times yep fucking hell and cole opens us up by saying eddie guerrero's widow is not happy about the recent developments really what's she so glum about then eh Maybe it's the fact that her husband died fucking nine months ago. This is so gross. I feel this could have done with a video package just to kind of bring my well, body up to temperature with the, the amount got, of any Guerrero. We, we, we got two. We got two packages. The ones, the ones that we got here were just, though, here are Ray and Eddie being mates. Here, yes. was, here are Chavo and Eddie being mates. It wasn't about was their no, feud. It wasn't about no. the feud. Yeah. It, it was, was about like who's got more of a claim to say that Eddie loved me more. Like Yeah, because we're obviously feuding about the figurative blood that Rey Mysterio shares with his essay, Eddie Guerrero, and the literal blood that his nephew, Chavo Guerrero Jr., shares with Eddie Guerrero. Yep. And this is all set to Lion King MIDI music as well, yeah. which is like really like, I don't know. I've not felt this uncomfortable about Eddie Guerrero when they were doing, like, literally Randy Orton being like, he's down there in hell because he's dead and he sinned loads. And, but this is just, like, talking about the men's individual relationships yep. and how sad it should be, but they're fighting over the legacy yeah. of their just-departed friends. With the Randy stuff where he said that, it was, like, it was meant to be disgraceful and, like, yeah. oh, he's crossed the this line. That's bad sad. taste. This is bad taste, but they're not, like, aware of how bad taste this yeah. is. And it's easy to say that neither man's heart is in yeah. it. It serves no one as well, because the, the only name getting chanted by the crowd during this match is Eddie. Yes. But the wrestlers in in the ring are not being chanted for. That both The audience seems to turn on kind of both of them. Neither of them get cheered. Yeah, no, no one is getting over because of this. Yeah. No. Maybe you're ensuring that the audience will feel a need to chant for Eddie and have an ongoing relationship with Eddie Guerrero as part of like, you know, in the way that Ric Flair lives on through woos when people throw chops, Eddie yeah. Guerrero, if there's a frog splash or someone does you know, the arm shake or someone does three suplexes. That's fine. Like, yeah, is those is are... that them trying to make that happen, force it by being like black tar heroin, super strength Eddie Guerrero, hook know. it to your veins? I don't know. I feel like just... They know that there's still emotional sentiment surrounding Eddie's death, and they think it's an easy way to capitalize on that. But like, like okay, I I can even understand because the, the business, for better or for worse, brackets definitely for worse, is often built on taking advantage of those situations. But I just feel like I've never seen someone go in so full throated in trying to take advantage of an emotional situation mm. and reaping so little. Yeah, like yeah. Ray seems way less over. I know he's had that yeah. awful title reign. That 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 is obviously part of it. 
But Chavo just seems like kind of not like a heel with heat. He seems like a miserable, misanthropic kind of well, that's figure. That's what he is. Like, don't forget the last time we saw Chavo, he like quit wrestling. Yeah. And he's like, I'm gonna go and work in real estate. I've let Eddie down. I'm a disgrace. So when he comes out looking all kind of sad and confused, I'm like, ah? and when Ray comes out looking happy and confused, yeah. I'm like, ah? but, but it also doesn't make sense for Ray because Ray's character is is a very sort of compassionate one. It feels weird that Ray's reaction to this situation would be, all right, then let's fight. Yeah. It's you so think wrong. Ray would realistically Ray's be like, be like, well, let's sit down. Let's yeah, talk about it. You're clearly this. going through something. You're grieving Chavo. He, would, he like... would completely understand where Chavo's coming from. I want to give a big shout out to Michael Cole, who brought me back into the land of the living and put a big smile on my face unintentionally when, after the accusations from Chavo that Rey Mysterio <laughs> is a no good leech trying to trying to take away all the blood and the legacy yeah. he dead serious goes Rey Mysterio is sucking no one off John <laughs> and he doesn't care how many members of the Guerrero family has to beat off to get there he's going to come out on top with both hands full and raised <laughs> Jesus Christ and I will say when Chavo does come out he gets nothing from the crowd no. silence no it's crap <laughs> I, I did get an immediate pop from JBL just going, Ray's such a cheese ball. A cheese ball? <laughs> and of course, as well, the other line, Chavo Guerrero's relationship with his Uncle Eddie, of course, is well documented. Yes. He's his actual nephew. Yes. Well documented. <laughs> uh, they also say as well, Chavo, this is one night only. He's coming out of retirement. Yeah. For it's, one night only. JBL says it's the biggest comeback since the resurrection. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. It's only Chavo, Mike. Yeah, like, Jesus didn't go back to selling condos in Palm Springs afterwards. you imagine like, Jesus like, crying his eyes? Like, yeah. Oh, I'm going to give up on this whole Messiah business. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'll go and sell some houses. One of the big things I was thinking about during this match was like, what do you reckon Benoit thinks about all this? Well, he's Jesus. taking like, over. He, he's away, for, he's away yeah. for a bit. He's on an extended but, sabbatical. But, like, what's he thinking while he's watching this? Not good stuff, I would imagine. No. What's really? everyone thinking? I mean, like, so many people were friends with Eddie and had, like, great, you know, emotional attachment to Eddie. This has got to feel bad for so many of his mm. co-workers, right? Yeah, and move over Bruce Pretchard. There's a new loudmouth who's here to absolutely excitedly tell you like a fucking razzed up dog how much he knows Eddie Guerrero more than you and how he's really good friends. Michael Cole, I know Eddie Guerrero. I fought Eddie Guerrero. This is that Guerrero family reunion. Hector, Gory, Mondo, I know them. Whiskey fights from a cheese I love to fight. Eddie Guerrero loves to fight. I fought him. God, I'm so glad we're watching Raw and not SmackDown. I know. Honestly, he's I, so well, fucking. I watched. Watch it eventually, mate. <laughs> I watched all Raw. I watched all of ECW. Yeah. I refuse to watch SmackDown from this era. No way. There's some good characters on SmackDown. JBL is not one of no, them, though. And that's the thing. I know there is good wrestling there, but that fucking Foghorn was yeah. absolutely... He was blaring so loud, he made me turn my ship around and go to another bay. It's the only opportunity you'll get to hear Jimmy Wang Yang's theme song. That's true. I've got YouTube. I can listen to it when I want. Chavo Guerrero to silence, slowly works over Rey Mysterio in the corner and half-heartedly shouts, not your blood, not your blood. As Michael Cole explains that you see Chavo Guerrero believes that Rey Mysterio is a leech 
trying to suck all of the precious Guerrero blood Quite out of literally, his veins. Yeah. Now that's a rare commodity, that special Guerrero blood. That will go mm. very high price on the on their black market, I think. Just that's still happening. That, that, that's 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 why he raised Dominic. <laughs> <laughs> a little fucking stick pick, Dominic. Like. <laughs> on the fact that Chavo Guerrero's return is the greatest comeback since the resurrection, I did go and look back into my Catholic notes from growing up and being raised Catholic. <laughs> and I did say actually here in the Nicene Creed, on the third day he rose again in accordance with the booking, he ascended into smack down and is seated at the right hand of the widow he will come again in glory to train the women on season one and two of glow and his twitter <laughs> bullshit will have no end oh, nothing about him working for the nsa there because that was right around this time like him and batista hacking into the mainframe i'll say the nsa would be pretty fucking pissed off that one of their agents you know comes out of retirement <laughs> comes back it's ridiculous Chavo works over Ray some more and now points out his remembrance band and says, he's my uncle! My uncle! Jesus wept. Which gets a very small, low-energy Eddie chance. He's his uncle. I mean, you mentioned Chris, Billy, but like these two lads here, they're having to do this. Yeah. They're, are they like switching off? How do you get through? Do you just grit your teeth and go through? Right? <laughs> Vicky as well, she's at ringside for this. Yeah. Like... Chavo and Guerrero start to do acrobatic flips, which are very impressive, which makes JBL go, this is a good old-fashioned street fat maggle. Yeah, absolutely is not. <laughs> totally what it is. This is where I started to get pissed off when I saw this, and I was like, shit, this should be probably the match of the night. Like, these two are both yeah. amazing. Yeah. And this should be an excellent match if it wasn't so mired with all this Eddie stuff. I mean, it maybe if they'd given it a gimmick, maybe it could have... It doesn't need a gimmick. They can have a great one-on-one match. And they've already got a feud where it was like, Chavo cost Ray the belt at Great American Bash. They don't Bash. mention that, like, barely. That, that should be it, really. Yeah. That could be more than enough. There was no need to go the Eddie Guerrero route. There was still some really impressive, cool spots in the match, I think, with a better backdrop would have gotten over more, I think. Uh, I love the one where they both kind of fought and struggled to the tippy top of the top rope and then they kind of dived off together like they were jumping yeah. off an exploding building. That was really, really cool. Which made John very excited. And then he bellowed, These two guys are defending the same thing, Michael. The honour of the dead, Eddie Guerrero. Why are you so excited? I thought you liked him. No, he hates Eddie Guerrero. Does he? Remember? They had a big feud. They had a great setup for the 619 out of the electric chair drop, which makes JBL go, Ball game! <laughs> and then, like... Load, like you don't even go for the cover like loads of other stuff happens yep. you know so we have the Hurricane Rana over the top rope both men go tumbling which is Vicky Guerrero's cue to make her appearance and Jesus Christ I don't know what they did but these fans hate the widow of Eddie Guerrero yep. whose only contributions on Smackdown so far have been please stop fighting over the memory of my dead husband you can both leech off of him it's fine yeah I've got to deal with Chris Benoit crying in my bed at home, and now, I, and now I've got to deal with this at work. I mean, I don't blame Vicky for you know getting her foot in the door for many reasons. A, it's like people are like, oh, you know, they they tricked her into becoming a performer so that you know she'd have a means to provide for her kids, like you know, God forbid or whatever. But also as well, I think maybe she wanted to just do something and you know yeah. start something mm -hmm. occupy yourself my limited experience with grief i can i can empathize with that i don't suppose to know mm -hmm. why she was doing what she did if it was a pressure thing or not but i'll tell you from reading the dirt sheets and i remembered on the forums and all that at the time 
sweet Jesus Christ, this woman was the antichrist as far as wrestling yeah. fans at the time were concerned. <laughs> this non-performer. I, I, I understand <laughs> in the future. Yeah. When she, she was becomes Vicky. When, when like, she was really fucking annoying. Yeah. And, and I can understand now because Vicky is not in people's good graces no, now. No. And but But here she's not, I don't think she's doing anything. She's a bit wooden, but she's not a performer. That's, no. And that's not a reason to attack someone with such vitriol. She slaps Chavo and gets booed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's all, the heel. It's all over the place. Ray hits the three amigos and gets booed yep. by the crowd. And Mysterio. Now Ray Mysterio going for the three amigos. What a crazy paradox we have, Michael. Both of them think they're defending the honor of Eddie Guerrero. This is the craziest thing I've ever seen. The longer Ray's in the match, the more people like just decide they don't like this. Yeah. You know? And I don't think it's like there's times when people boo stuff where they know it's not the person in the ring who's you know he ain't triple h he ain't booking himself into this angle yeah this is what he's given and i don't know if it's the crowd at the time because i feel like nowadays fans will be a lot more forgiving of someone doing something that they think is crap but they know it's not them that's not doing it them, yeah. yeah but this is for whatever reason because fans obviously they know that it's not real and all that yeah but they believe enough about the relationship with ray people believe that the relationship was exaggerated and it was mm-hmm. And that's making them turn on Ray, who was meant to be mm. their white hot Latino baby face who was going to bring in more fans than ever. I mean, Ray's got very little goodwill at this point in time anyway, I yeah. think. After the summer he's had and all the shit he's been through, it must be really hard to be a Ray Mysterio fan he's at this point. He's done nothing no, wrong. No, he's done nothing wrong, you know? but they've really dragged his character through the muck. I mean, I, like, I, I lived through it and I fucking hated him. I yeah. fucking hated him. And I, I know absolutely no reason yeah, to. Yeah, I know fault of his own like they've just ruined his character is all it is i mean is it is it because is it because it's been so long so long removed from the actual event that they're feeling the same the crowd are feeling the same way we are now yeah why they're, are you doing they're it? tired it's of it's it like, yeah. like if you were going to do this you've got to fucking do it in a, like i say you shouldn't do it at all really yeah but if you are going to do it you, you do it c- closer to it like yeah I just I think it's funny because you know, a lot of people defended this by saying like, well, you know, you're going to get Chavo Guerrero on pay per view, otherwise you should be happy. I'm like, well, <laughs> still have him on pay per view and not do this. Yeah, it's not Kerwin White. I'll give you that. Yeah. It, it's literally not the worst thing ever. But good lord, yeah, Ray goes up top for the frog splash, boo, and then Vicky Guerrero accidentally crotches him, boo, <laughs> and then Chavo hits the brain buster, boo, and then he does the frog splash, boo. One boo, two boo, three boo, three can boo. Ray loses again. Can't even beat a fucking real Fuck estate me. salesman. Unbelievable. Cut to SmackDown now, where Ray's like, "I let Eddie down. I can't even do anything for Eddie, man. Maybe I'll go and sell real estate now myself." Imagine walking backstage and your Dominic's there, like, "What the fuck was that?" <laughs> like, I'm trying to think. When is Ray's like comeback? I'll tell you when it is. It's when he left WWE. He went off and he when, did stuff all around the, Indies, the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when he did, he did uh, All In. And then he came back and he, that second run WWE. Came back with tights. That was the big difference. That was it, man. He had tights, not the big baggy trousers. And everyone's like, look at Ray. Damn baggy blues, man. But- That's what did it in. It is a miserable affair. And I think if you're to judge a wrestling match, just purely on... The ability of the wrestlers, the moves they did, and what should have been. This was a fine match. It was, yes, I it, was say, profi- it was a proficient match. And I would say, for the time, it was a good lucha match where they were doing flips and stuff that was different from the Shelton Benjamin, Carly O, you know, Johnny Nitro stuff you're seeing on Raw. 
but this was poisoned by the story. And how do you open a show? The yeah. biggest party of the summer. Asterisk, the party is a funeral. Yeah, imagine going to a party and it's like, like the, the first thing you see is people arguing about their dead friends. Fucking like. hell. Fair enough, lads. You do whatever you want to do, but man, way to make everyone in this crowd and me feel weird. Yeah. This is rare that something makes you feel as weird at the time and all of these years in the future with the benefit of a hindsight I still feel weird because you've seen Chavo you know going at Ray and the Guerreros on, on Twitter and stuff like that in recent years have you heard oh, about I've that? Not seen no, that. Not seen no. oh you know him he went on this big diatribe about Ray leeching off the Mysterio family like, wait so he's he got doing, worked into a fucking yeah shoot. he's literally doing this work yeah. as an IRL shoot now basically pissed off about you know Dominic Mysterio being hot and kind of you know referencing the angle and referencing okay. Eddie and stuff like that. And then, of course, when he got cancelled and everyone hated him, he's like, ha looks like the master still knows how to Fuck pull off. the puppet strings. Oh, my God. Fucking Devon Dudley bullshit. Like. I hate that. Yeah, the, the master. I made you all think I wanted to kiss Stephanie McMahon. <laughs> Joke's on you. I want to marry that woman. Shut up, wife. I want to marry Stephanie. That's all I want. So, yeah, it was, um, it was crap. It was awful. Very bad. Booker T and his queen. Who is this rogue? I say, when I, King Booker, hold on to my world heavyweight title, and you, you, lose yours, you come to my SmackDown kingdom and bow down and kiss my royal feet. That's good, my king. Mm. <laughs> Big school play vibes off these two. <laughs> yeah. The most popular girl and the most popular boy in school decided to do the play this year. I, I genuinely really love these fucking King Booker segments. Yeah, me like, too. It's it's just some of the the choices of wording yes. are yes. so funny to me. Since he became champion, the SmackDown Kingdom has become yeah. a better place. Because I has become ruler of it. Fucking A. He is Still Booker T, so there's this like baseline kind of slight strangeness to like because Booker's got a really strange manner of speaking sometimes. Yeah, he's weird. Yeah, and he goes through these different voices that he uses, and all of them are kind of uniquely weird, but kind of center around the gravity of the planet that is Booker T's a bit of a weird dude. And it does not fit on 2006 SmackDown. Like honestly, it doesn't. Mm. You know, no, this is like golden era. Yeah. And like I went from scene when I saw him in the video package, I was like, "Oh, this fucking gimmick!" And then this segment happened, and I was rolling, laughing, and I was yeah. like, "You know, I'm really happy for this my, gimmick." My yeah. only complaint is, as I feel that Booker should wrestle more like a king, but I don't know what that means. Because <laughs> <laughs> in the in the ring, he's just Booker T. But you want yeah. to be like I, a, a Lawler type, maybe yeah, more I feel, of a coward. Yeah, I feel yeah. like it needs to be more Memphis kind of thing. Mm-hmm. When Egg and Lita come in, and he goes. Who is this rogue? So good. He's got this Kelsey grammar quality yes. to him. Like the yes. set rattles when King Booker does the his bit. Yeah. I fucking love it. And let me tell you one thing about the Raylor superstar. And maybe it's because he has so much sex. He looks really tired. He, yeah. he does such a lazy fucking sports team bit. Yeah. Like. Yeah. So cringe. Hasn't got it in him, like. That's it. When you've got Booker T there giving it 120% with this big <sighs> OTT thing, and Edge is doing his same old rated R shtick. They've done this, like, pretty much any time there's like, a jewel or a tri branded pay per view around this era where it's like, you know, hey, we'll see who's champion at the end of the night, fellow heel world champion. They have a little wager here, like, that for 
kayfabe reasoning, we probably won't get any like actual follow-up on. But the thing is going to be that if Edge loses his match, then he'll have to go to SmackDown and kiss Booker's feet. If Booker loses his match, he has to go to Raw and be Edge's servant for the day. Like, it's an odd. As if you sat there yeah. watching this, like, fine. I think that second one would be could be quite funny. Yeah, the, yeah. the king being a servant yeah. or whatever would be funny. But it's, I don't trust Edge as a heel to make it a fun thing. It'll be oh, like, yeah, no, he's getting a concerto, there, like, like, I kiss Lita in front of you, kind of thing. Now like, you kiss Lita in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> See, how I would have done this when Booker's like, you will have to kiss my royal feet. Edge should have been like, turned to you and be like, haha, little does he know we're into that. Like. <laughs> The fool. ECW's in the fucking house. Oh. Joey Styles welcomes us the first time ever. The ECW World Championship will be defended on a WWE show as the extreme colossal giant, The Big Show. And fans, if you've not seen The Big Show in person, huh? television doesn't do him justice. Really? Yeah. Oh, thanks for that, Joey. And he's taken on Sabu. Sabu, who likes to talk lots now. Damn! I've got such a horrible Pavlovian response to the ECW music now. Whenever I hear it, I'm like, there's a 19-year-old about to come out and take her clothes off. (laughs) This is going to be something, all right. Let me tell you, I love seeing the setup for this, which involves Sabu getting smashed to pieces by the big show. Fuck me. And the reason we're here is because, yes, Rob and Sabu, as discussed in the Vengeance episodes... Had a little altercation, a little bit too much summer fun. They got in, yeah. in, in, in big time trouble. Rob got suspended. Sabu did not get suspended. The original plan for this was going to involve Kurt Angle, but Kurt Angle has extremely pulled his groin and injured himself. Damn. Well, isn't this the injury where he's injured, but he's he's off making deals? Oh, really? He's, he's off trying to get out of his contract right yeah. now. Right. He, he was exaggerating an injury so he could go talk to a little co- old company called TNA. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The real ECW yeah, of instead. And he's basically, like, pushing super, super, super hard to get into this match. Essentially, I think, on your point, Billy, to be like, so they can go, look, you can't be in the match. And be like, why? And they're like, oh, because you're injured. So... Mm. You get released. Yeah. And literally, Sabu is the least controversial choice. The fact that Paul Hayne was able to go, I mean, Sabu, you know, Sabu, and then them go, yeah, all right, okay. And I think a part of this as well, no exaggeration, is the fact that Stephanie McMahon has went into labor and has been, you know, in maternity leave for the past few weeks. And I think that has shifted the power ever so slightly in Paul Heyman's favor. Ah, okay. Did Did we ever get Big Show versus Big Guido? No. Oh, never, oh man! We should have got that. Not even on sci-fi. Not even on sci-fi. The God damn. We got was the interaction in the battle royale. That's it. We never even got Big Show versus Tommy at the time when we should have gotten it. We, no, well, we, we got, got him scoop slams. We got segments. Yeah. Thank Tommy you, like, sir. May I have a member, everybody? Yeah. Sandman. Sandman versus Big Show. I we would do, love that. We do get that on on an ECW Ooh, episode. We okay. do. And Sandman shakes his hands because he punches him, and then he shakes his hands and he punches him, and that he shakes his own hand. I think he punches Big Show and shakes his hand. (laughs) Thank you, sir. That was great. Well done. That's why he got to keep his job and get drafted to Raw. You see, he showed respect. (laughs) Look, folks, I don't need to tell you and explain anymore my ridiculous, nonsensical, non-secretary ECW poserish fandom. 
But I was very excited to see the extreme giant Big Show take on the suicidal homicidal genocide that's by yeah, yeah, Sabu. I was, well, Sincerely, yeah. I was morbidly curious about this. My man Sabu coming out on... It's SummerSlam. It's like I've downloaded him onto this pay-per-view. Yeah, literally. He doesn't belong here. No. And the fans react for him. Yeah. He gets a nice little rea- a little, a nice little reaction. Yeah, not bad. Work, big show work. This man was meant to go to ECW to throw around referees and stand there and look cool. Mm-hmm. And in the last few weeks, he's wrestled Ric Flair, Undertaker, <laughs> Kane, Batista. Dude, all these great champion. ECW stars. And I'm sorry, the Punjabi prison yeah. as well. Yeah, he has been working his ass off. And let me tell you, you've not lived until you've watched those ECW episodes headlined by Big Show versus Kane and Joey Styles with a straight face goes, this could be a main event of WrestleMania. Sure could. Big Show and Batista, this could be a main event of WrestleMania. Could. Which WrestleMania? The last WrestleMania yeah. ever? <laughs> Before the company dies? He's looked so ill for weeks. He has. He's working yeah. worse and worse and worse. It's it's just like, there's a few people. Kane, Big Show, Kurt Angle, I guess, is on that list as well. I think you know Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, more modern examples I could think, where they'll run you into the fucking yep. ground. Yeah. And I don't think there's an extra paycheck at the end of the rainbows. Maybe make sure he's on more pay-per-views, maybe. But honestly, he's getting paid the same as if he was standing there looking cool or, you know, punching Big Guido in the face or whatever. That's it. And he's got this, like, this look about him, which I, like, in a weird way, enjoy. Like, in the same way that in the past, when John Moxley was quite swollen up, I thought, like, oh, he looks really badass. And then you find out, like, oh, no, he was very unhealthy. Like, and he just, like, was in a lot of pain in a bad way. There's a bit of grit here in the Big Show. Yeah, and there's something about the way Big Show looks at the minute where I'm like, he looks like a fucking bruiser of a man. But you also know that, like, he's probably, like, not doing great right now internally. Yeah. Like In the most base human way possible, him looking like he's killing himself to keep this title is making it look like this title is worth killing yourself for, you mm. know? It's like, well, look, he's he, it's, it's taking its toll on him, whether or not they'll actually tell you that. No one's talking about the big show's schedule. They talked about Rob Van Damme's schedule. Right? <laughs> it's yeah. It's really funny. Like, they put that over. But let me tell you, the low-res artwork for the ECW Championship. Do they just like take a quick picture of Rhino with the belt and their Lego camera when yeah, he was leaving the company like in 96 or whatever. It's so bad. What's Rhino up to at this point? Yeah, where's he? Rhino is in TNA oh, okay. and cutting promos along with Team 3D about how that's not real ECW. This is the real ECW. Rhino even brought the original ECW championship with him to a TNA show, oh. threw it in a bin, and then smashed it up and screamed into the camera, you're going to fucking fire me for throwing a flower pot? Fuck you! Because at WrestleMania 22 weekend, he got fired for throwing a flower pot when he got in an argument with someone at the hotel. <laughs> this is about balls, bravado, ECW, and also fucking flower party. Fucking serious, man. So he's doing great at the minute. Real yeah. well. Yeah. Real, real well. Thriving. <laughs> Thriving in this new environment. Sabu, whether he's in front of 20 people or he's in front of 20,000 here, he's doing his business, brother. The yep. first offensive move of this match is he fucks a chair at the big show. Yeah. Like, literally, as soon as the bell rings, like. That's Sa- ECW. Yes. It actually feels ECW. And right. Sabu. 
he's not someone who people are going to argue or allege has got a whole deal of psychology to what he does but I'd argue in this match he is wrestling like he's fighting this lad who he's mm. been told by the way you'll never beat the big show yes. he's poking him in the eyes he's kicking him low yeah. he scratches he bites he does every dirty thing there's no like he goes straight into the Arabian face buster like immediately mm-hmm. there's no WWE style spot let him get up no. do another thing here's the signature it's like bam 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 bam, bam. like the, the, Joey can't keep up with all the Sabu yeah. stuff which I think is pretty cool Big Show stomping on the chair yes. making it crumble so Sabu can't use it so Bit cool a, got a pop from me yeah I love that and Big Show as well when the crowd start the We Want Table chant which I will say in 2023 when hijacking shows isn't as much of a thing anymore mm. if fans want a table and you don't give them the table I've seen good matches in WWE and AEW straight up ruined yes. by fans chanting that they start chanting it here Big Show turns and goes shut up I don't need a table. And they stop. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's because we're watching it on TV and TV doesn't do big show size justice. <laughs> if he shouted that at you in person, you would shut up, Kevin. The springboard by Sabu gets caught and that fall away slab by oh, the big show. Mamma mia. Sabu goes rolling out like a bag of groceries on Steep Hill and Lincoln. Yeah. That was amazing. One fluid movement. And I love Taz being on commentary in Boston because he says bean town every two seconds. There's a lot of bean talk in this match because yeah. Joey says that uh, one of the, the two landed bean first at one point. <laughs> Classic Sabu stuff here, folks. He gets some momentum. He gets the chair. He sets up the cool move. He drops the chair. He loses all the momentum. Again, I'm saying. <laughs> Classic Sabu stuff here. And when he hits his big move, he gets a one count. Yeah. And that means that when he goes back on, he starts poking him in the eye and biting them and stabbing them it it feels not disrespectful to Sabu like you could read it to me it felt like oh Big Show is pretty fucking impossible this puts over to me why it was a good choice putting in Big Show in ECW like he works in this role I think of like it's an environment where we're allowed to fight as dirty as we want and it's good because we actually need to to have a chance against someone Mm. like Big Show and it doesn't matter to me if you've got someone who is like radiating non-ECW energy like the big show when you got people in there like like Sabu is still doing all of his stuff mm-hmm. like name me a thing that Sabu would do normally other than get caught up with barbed wire or whatever that he's not doing in this yeah, match yeah no it has everything yeah. him, him fucking up it's, it's, it's all that <laughs> like that chair assisted bulldog through the table baby, oh, baby. yes please 16,000 here chanting ECW in Beantown as the big show just went beam first through that table yeah get, baby get a ever so tiny hard way cut on big show's forehead oh, yeah. little one yeah. it literally poor little poor little yeah. tiny yeah. dribble little, little, little boo boo big show is leaking blood we get that electric chair from him onto sabu except his head is so big that he smashes sabu's balls <laughs> which gets from taz a very concerned kind of a Yambag of sorts there. Yambag. Show goes for the Vader bomb. Oh my god. It's showtime. I love that. He goes for the Vader bomb. And when he goes for it, Taz turns to Joe and goes, You should probably say, Oh my god, right about now. And Joe goes, Oh my god. It's me, Joey Styles. That's all I'm good for now. <laughs> Show throws in a couple of pairs of stairs. Mm. Sabu on the outside, blinking, you'll miss it. He's taping himself up, folks. Yes. On the spot, tape yeah. job. They tried to avoid that, but you just see it for a second on the camera. And everything's going their way, in spite of all the mistakes. A cool structure has been erected. Don't call it a cool structure. Adam, look at this cool Kevin, structure. Kevin owns is, is a cool structure. His little fucking chair and table 
masterpiece yeah. that he makes. This is like four inches off the ground. They've got the steps set up and a table making a bridge across them. It's so but low. it's so low it's, to the ground. It's, it's like ten inches, maybe. It looks so shit. And the first thing that happens is Sabu knocks it over yeah. and the crowd boo him. Well, that's how we see WWE. We've got a little extreme here. They burst into laughter and then they, they what a whirlwind of emotion they elicited mm. from this audience. Now what happens here is one of the things I hate the most in wrestling mm. is something happens, you fuck up. We'll do it anyway. And yeah, then you yeah. just do it anyway. Yeah. You could, you, uh, and just do it immediately because it takes me out of the person taking the move. Yeah. Well they know now know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. for, for me, like fine, you can fix the spot and do the spot again. You've got to give me um, 30 seconds of doing something else. You can't just have Sabu gingerly put the table back on and then fucking do it immediately after. I, I just feel like, yeah, that whole kind of, well, fuck it, you expect me to go through the table, well, here it is. Mm. That is it's, very it's like, lame. It's like the Del Rio Big Show bucket again. Yeah, because there was nothing in between those two. Fucking let's yeah. do it again. Yeah, like give give me a, give me a little bit more time to, before you do it again, mm. and I'll give be a lot more lenient. But it shows me you're not thinking about the audience. You're thinking about the the lad in the back who's yes. making the video package that'll go down at yeah. the end of the pay per view, and that's the important bit, I guess. But I wrote down as soon as that happened. I think you're done, pal. Like yeah. that. That was one mistake too many that they couldn't cover, and the announcers are somewhat speechless. Another table is brought in, chokes Sam right through. Big show wins as Joey goes, not Raw, not SmackDown, just us. Just us. And I'll tell you, this absolutely diabolical car crash of a match, I still love it. I, I, I absolutely it do. It, I, I would say I loved it if it was not for that bit at the end. Yeah. I kind of love that it. That really took me out. I mean, it yeah. made me laugh. That's it. I, I, got like, a, I got a pop. I got enjoyment out of it in But that it is sense. Sabu. Yeah, that's what you want. That's what that's you expect. A colossal fuck-up. Yeah. That is authentically him. And I think if anyone is ever looking back at the history of that ECW revival, I think it is very worth bearing in mind that they did give an honest attempt at a presentation of... This was, this was compromise, you know? Yeah. If there's somewhere between Vince McMahon and Paul Heyman's view of what a good match for this ECW brand is, this was somewhere in the middle, although I think both men would say that it could have been better, but yeah. this was a compromise of visions, I guess. This at least made me think about ECW as a yeah. concept, which the ECW TV show doesn't really do anyway. No, <laughs> this was a blatant false advertisement for Tuesday yes. nights on Sci-Fi. Because you're not going to be seeing this kind of action on TV. Hell no, you're going to be seeing Kane versus the big show. You're going to be seeing a 19-year-old. <laughs> Jay, speaking of 19 year olds here they come JR recaps the special one hour television presentation of oh the finale God. of the 2006 Raw Diva Search which has been taking up a lot of Raw and a lot of Smackdown as well we do oh. the votes on Raw and eliminations on Raw and on Smackdown they do the physical challenges was this the Diva Search that had the cake sitting competition no that was Jeez. That, that was the first one that was the first one literally made them get, made, made the girls yeah. get in a ring and take turns sitting in oh cakes my out. god there was something very funny about Todd Grisham in the Hard Rock Cafe hey we didn't need WF New York at all it turns out literally yes. <laughs> there's already one it pre-existing it was just like, like a better lit WF New yeah. York was all it was and there was no moppy but yeah Todd Grisham going the winner and sexiest woman on television. Yeah. Good grief. It was Layla. Layla yeah. L.
I was going to say, I've actually been to that Hard Rock Cafe. Have you really? And I went in 2006. Whoa, oh, dude. Because when I went to New York. So, so yeah. I, you could I, have seen the Grish, man. I, I could have seen them. Let me tell you, uh, I was trying to find the actual show itself, which did a sizable enough rating for, for the day. I, like, when they announced this, I was like... Oh, it was popular, yeah. Are you fucking seriously? Because like, this is the third Diva search, and it was very much diminishing returns. I mean... People we... are tuning in hoping for cakes. That's... <laughs> Yeah, the crowd haven't been into it no. at all. Like this has been the one where the Miz made his debut. The Ryan like, Seacrest of the oh, the one where he fucking stumbled. Literally, we got that on Raw. But, like, fuck me, that's cringe. And every and week, married him out of embarrassment. <laughs> Maurice, who he calls Melise on several occasions. <laughs> like, now we all know that the sexiest women in the world are, or the sexiest women on television are in the WWE. And tonight, we're going to search for the next WWE Diva. Now, to vote for these beautiful young ladies, you have to vote. Go to, to, <laughs> go to, uh, go to uh, WWE, dial 86946, and vote for your favorite Diva Search contestant and text message your favorite Diva Search girl. Do her name. But every week when they do the whole diva surge thing, it is fucking crickets. Like it's so awkward, and no one seems to be into it. Well, the diva surge special, it did have good reactions from the crowd, but it was similar to a tough enough finale that we may have seen, where one of the contestants brought a lot of friends in with them, right. and that person was Layla. So you had an hour of them being like, "What do you think, folks?" Pointed JT, boo, Layla, Layla, Layla. So like Layla had the crowd there so yeah. it made for a very weird hour of tv because you knew immediately it was layla i would say in a diva search where they rejected the bella twins at the audition stage wow. and maurice was the second woman eliminated yep. and you want to talk about women who had longevity in the business and you know change the business whether you like it or not they did yeah i just think that maybe there was a bit of a blind spot here i don't think the three finalists or layla were necessarily the best women who applied oh. but layla was a fine choice and i think it's interesting that they've kind of gone off type with layla yeah she's yes. she's not she, she, she's, she's not a busty she's, blonde she, she's not a busty blonde with porcelain skin no. and that was like everyone else pretty much Who, who's from yeah. orange county or some shit mm -hmm. like yeah and i think uh probably the most cursed thing that happened on that show was they had ashley show up the winner of the 2005 raw diva search uh -huh. and she told the winner in wwe we don't say no Oh! Jesus Christ! Uh, not available on the network. Dash. Good. So, uh, there good, you go. Good. And that sets up for our women's segment for the evening. Oh my God! It's the it's Trish Stratus. She's back. And Trish Stratus, it was announced to the office, she is planning on retiring after the backlash injury with Mickey, yes. which was quite bad. She's decided she's getting married in the later in the summer. She's planning to hang them up. She yep. gave them loads of advance notice, yep. which probably is the reason why it made sense that upon her big return at the start of Monday Night Raw, she immediately lost clean to Mickey James. Yep. And then the following week, immediately lost clean to Melina as well. So she's doing the job on the way out. Yeah, it doesn't feel like in the sort of honourable kind of like, going to go off into the sunset and they're going to put someone over on the way out. It's, yeah, it feels like it should be a build up to that. It shouldn't just be putting her out every week and losing. It feels yeah. more like, oh, you want to retire, do you? Huh? Well, we're going to make you look like shit on the way out. So yeah, she has uh, been like tagging with Candice, who's been turned face. We have Lita currently being the women's champion who defeated yes. Mickey in kind of a very quick, like hot shot steaming angle where I think yeah. they just reckoned 
Edge and Lita both having their respective belts would be kind of like a... I don't want to say they want to be like Hunter and, and Steph, yeah, but, but have their power couple kind of Get dynamic. a bit more heat on them. Which like... I think is, is a good idea. So Layla shows up and it turns out the divas are cruel. Yeah, Layla's not paid her dues. Trish is like, you think you can just win a contest and call yourself a diva? Wait until Ashley's not in the same camera shot. Literally right, right there. And there were some bits in this that did make me laugh. Like Trish, and I kind of like any time where they're like, they emphasize that, hey, we've got all different women here with different personalities. Yep. It was kind of slim pickings because a lot of the women do fit in very much the same category at the mm-hmm. time. But Trish being like, you didn't pay your, your dues. Like Jillian, Jillian had like a thing bitten off her face. That's why she's a diva. That's why. And they're like, Tori Wilson, she's been on fucking FHM. Have you? No, no. I, I not. just got here. Look her in the eyes. Buy her FHM. Available now. But then, just kidding. It's all a joke. Being a diva is a joke. Like, <laughs> come on, you're one of us now. I thought we were going to get a fucking double turn here. So let's, let's, let's go to the shower. I was like, okay, because wrestling story of fucking... They mentioned initiation is going to be in the shower. Here we fucking go. Pencils are going up buns here. fuck me, my head was in my hands here. Yeah, I think it is quite a spectacular feat that you have taken, like, a dozen objectively beautiful women who are also, even if beauty's not your thing, are all impressive in one way, shape, or form or another. They've all got skills and talents. And you make them all seem extremely extremely strange and stilted and like just how how do you take these women and constantly find new ways to put them out of their comfort zone to the benefit of no one well but but it's not sexy they're wet kevin but like it's not like there's a way to do that and it'd be sexy and like this ain't this So, so what happens is they all go to the shower turn it on so layla's getting all wet and then they pull up Layla's skirt so her bum's out and they all take turns spanking her. And they all go, ha 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 ha, you know, like they would in the sorority, I think. Mm. Have you ever met a woman, Brian? Are you sure? <laughs> this is it. Man, there's a way that you could have presented it in the way you wanted to and it not be so fucking eye-rollingly awful and I would cringe. have preferred they were just mean to her. Yeah, like, yeah. Honestly. That's, that's where I thought it was going. Like I thought it was like, ah, oh, no, just kidding. But no, not really. We actually really are going to fucking haze you. Like something, it would be horrible, but it would at least have some sort of story and character yeah. about it. Yeah. Instead, it was just kind of all the women. There you are, all together now. You're all the same. Mickey, what was Mickey there? I don't, I don't, I don't think, think Mickey was, was there. At yeah. Least. I don't know. It felt a missed opportunity upon a missed opportunity, and also as well, no women's match tonight. So get used to it. That's it. And we'd like to thank Teddy Bears for their song Cobra Style and I went right on to Google and I was very annoyed because in the build up to this they told me it was Godsmack yep and oh. I've got so much controversy yep. about Godsmack oh yeah, they're, they're, there's, yeah there's a lot about that they hate vaccines <laughs> a, they really hate them there's a promo package later on which has the most generic rock music on it and I'm pretty sure that's where Godsmack was meant uh, to be originally it was, all, like, it, was, it was always Godsmack or Theory of a Dead Man mm. they're like the two go to ones for this right, time it's Teddy Bear tonight i actually don't mind this song border de border banger bang it's got yeah. like a shaggy style rap yeah nothing controversial about them at all it seems uh they're... just nicking a kid rock sample i guess like <laughs> what isn't that him? yeah like, boy da bar da bang da bang diggy yeah, diggy diggy said the boogie set up jump the boogie there you have it you got it all billy you're a one-man kid rock <laughs> i'm the american badass baby <laughs> coming up next 
Here we fucking go. Legend versus legend killer. Oh. Does Hogan know best as he takes on Randy Orton? Oh no, my knee, dude. Hang on a second. Oh, God. I will never not love seeing Orton RKO Hogan onto a car. <laughs> it's good times, Billy. Because like, we saw that we on... We did on Saturday Night's Main Event. Yeah. yeah. It's fun, but I can't, <laughs> I can't help but feel it was just sort of like, oh, I'm not taking no RKO, brother. Oh, you can do it onto a car so I can just like lean over a little Bro, bit. It makes like, a great sound. It does. But that oh. sound is just Randy's back hitting the car. Hogan just basically just like leans over. Yeah, here. the bigger bump is Hogan slapping Randy going, Sue, Somersome, dude. Yeah. I'm young like you. Stay away from my daughter. She's mine. The on again, off again. Will they push Brooke Hogan like Hogan wants? No, yeah. not like that. No, she's not part of it. She's not here tonight. Nope. She is co-hosting the Best Grill Award with Nick Hogan <laughs> at the Nickelodeon <laughs> Teen Choice Awards. And we don't double book in the WWE or the Teen Choice Awards. You don't want to make an enemy of Nickelodeon. You do not. <laughs> the bill to this was so... Like, this is... It writes itself. Legend. Yeah. Legend killer. Yep. Hogan's coming back. We haven't seen him since SummerSlam 05 when he yep. was yeah. humiliated but victorious over Shawn Michaels. Mm. Randy Orton's had a hell of a summer. Mm -hmm. Lots of controversy this summer. Lots of WWE magazine articles about his yeah. uh, anger management and scatological preferences, etc., etc. So it felt like, right, Randy's going to kill the legend. Hogan's like, not so fast, brother. But man, this became this weird thing where it was actually about Randy being in love with Brooke Hogan, <laughs> yeah. Brooke, who's also 19 years old. It's kind of a theme of the WWE in the summer of 2006. I, I don't get the vibe that he's in love with her. I think he literally just wants to fuck her so he can piss off Hulk Hogan. Yeah, I, don't think I, he, I don't think he has any sort of love or like for Brooke. He, he's just all about fucking with Hogan. And I thought that on its own would work. But mm. you've got the announcers being like, oh, Randy Orton, the Casanova of the WWE, Ooh. playing with the heart of the young woman in Hulk Hogan's life. I'm like, That's not who Randy is. That's never been who you know, Randy he, is. You know, he's Randy the type of guy who I'd be like, oh yeah, he's like, he could like pick up a girl if he wants to in storyline. Yeah, sure. They should have been suave or whatever is before. He made out with so many babes in the Evolution Titan Tron, man. Yeah. And Rick was there looking... <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Give it one for me, champ! Yeah! Kissing a lady! It was in Charlotte, North Carolina! Kissing lady! All the oxytocin! Woo! Oxytocin! Woo! <laughs> but, yeah, it became strange because we had a bump in the road two weeks out of summer, Sam. Guys, Hulk Hogan's not gonna make it anymore! Oh, no. You have to go to WWE.com and figure it all out. So. Remember I told you earlier on that we had them Smackdown drug tests that were happening? Uh-oh. So it turns out there was raw drug tests happening. <laughs> and brother, you wouldn't believe what happened. It was WrestleMania 17 or 18. <laughs> <laughs> and I was sitting at home and I got this new couch, dude. And all of a sudden, hang on a minute, hang on a second, Jack. The good knee is barking at me. Starts off like a toothache, except it's inside my knee, dude. And I stand up out of the couch. I hear an explosion, brother. <laughs> explosion so big, it was like I slammed under the giant back in the ring back in the day. And all four pillows of the post came down. Don't tell me his radiator exploded on his knee now. No, it was the meniscus in the good knee that exploded. <laughs> okay. And two weeks out, we didn't know. We didn't know. Is that true, though? Because this whole match feels like that doesn't work for me, brother. Well, Billy, did Hulk Hogan say it? Then in that case, no, it is not true. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good rule. Yeah, yes. it's a hundred percent. No, that doesn't work for me because Randy Orton in this match is very neutered. Yes. Oh, dude. Oh, brother. 
My knee, my meniscus, I can't believe. I said I'd be there for the drug testing. It's happening tonight. Oh, typical. But this is the night I've hurt my knee. No, yeah. dude. Damn it. Not since Kevin Nash at Starrcade 97 right. has yeah. been made up excuse yeah. to get out of something. Because I don't think that Orton was going to win this match. No, never. But it's like Orton being the legend killer and he can't be the legend killer here tonight. Yeah. Hogan's a fucking coward. I want to see a lazy him fucking coward. Punt that fucking head off, like <laughs> that's what I want. The head like, won't come off; it would just collapse. Like, and it's such yeah. bullshit because it's fucking fake, guys. <laughs> You're not actually gonna get hurt here. Yeah, and in that spirit, Hulk Hogan, in inverted commas, hurt the meniscus on his breaking <laughs> yeah. bit. Okay, it's it's a business. You have to understand this, right? And during that time, I should point out as well, I tracked down Hogan did some media appearances ostensibly to promote. Brooke, but also maybe SummerSlam, which he may or may not be appearing as. More on that as we review the match where he is appearing. And he did a little dance on Regis and Kelly. For fuck's sake, man. It turns out there was a little bit of a heartbreak kid and Hulk Hogan after all. He rubbed off on him. Fucking strange bedfellows, these two. Which led them to having like four weeks where Randy had to push this match on his own. And we got Orton knows best. Well, yeah, he wasn't completely on his own now, Kevin. He did have some friends with him. Adam, what happened with Orton knows best? Which I will say has the greatest fake graphic of all time, which is a little silhouette of Randy in the Hogan knows best font going, you know, doing this, hey, nothing you can say. (laughs) This was so weak. He just brings out a bunch of lookalikes and there's no comedy there's no jokes. They're sub lookalikes. These are lucky likeies. Yeah, they're lucky likeies. Mm. Off a website. He punches Nick Hogan and throws him out of the ring. The Hulk Hogan guy is like, brother, 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 dude, I'm old, brother, Jack. He's the kind of lucky likey that you would get for people who don't actually know who Hulk Hogan is. They just, you can actually convince them. Just like, get Will Sasso. I know. Right? Right? Say, just yeah. get Will Sasso and he'll do it. Well, gladly. Richard Dew is half the price, Billy. Mm. Richard Dew. Richard Dew. The impersonator who plays Hulk Hogan. That's D double O. Ha ha. Richard Dew. Dew. Do, do, when you want to do the Dew. Can't find a single thing about him. Online, he's, he's a ghost. Like, yeah, I, think, he... I think Hogan used one of his assassinations he got uh, to uh, get rid of <laughs> well, Mr. Doom. I'm trying to think, obviously, if they, if they couldn't actually go ahead with this match, like, is there anyone that, like, just to get some Orton some heat that he could have actually could have feasibly gone after well, instead did, to Hogan? Did him and Jerry Lawler in the build up to the Sun Rock? They did, yeah. We it's had kind a of match, in this, like, like, oh, you know, he kills I'm, legends type of thing. Well, I'm just trying to think someone close to Hogan. Beefcake. Bring in Beefcake. Bubba the Love Sponge. Bring yeah. Hillbilly Jim. Like all the great Hogan friends from over the years. I mean, what was really funny to me was that A, that Randy had more chemistry with the fake Brook than the real Brook. Yeah. Also, oddly, the fake Brook kind of reminded me and looked more like the real Brook that I remember. Honestly, at first, when they started the Old Nose Best segment, I was like, wait, is that actually Linda Mandela and Brooke? Like, yeah. Legitimately. And then we did Orton Knows Best again on the go-home segment with the final <sighs> Raw before SummerSlam. Orton basically just said, hey, I'm going to confront Hogan. He brought out Richard Dew again. And then Hogan came out, and for the first time in his career that I remember, he came out, he did the brother Hulkamaniacs here in Sacramento, dude, and he got no reaction. Nothing. There's just one question, brother. What you gonna do? Like I said, one question that you have to ask yourself come this Sunday at SummerSlam. What's she gonna do? 
What you gonna do, brother? And then he beat up Richard Do, and he got no reaction. Nothing. And that, like, for me, I was like, oh, this is the beginning of the end of Hogan, surely. Because I know this is his last match in WWE. And I thought, well, yeah. he's coming up with, like, late game excuses. Hart's not in it. Doesn't even want to promote Brooke anymore. Nope. Like, she's not part of this. I would have thought she'd be at ringside. And then the fucking, this piece of shit comes out. Palm of his hand. Yeah. Crowd right there. Yeah. The crowd are into Boston him, love him. Like. Boston love him. And we can sit here and complain and moan and piss and talk about what a piece of shit he is and how much we hate him. But I have to say, it was mind-boggling yeah. how his, easily he did it. It's yeah. star power. It is. Like. And his his performance in this match... It's one of the worst he's ever given, I think. What One of the worst, but it's, it's very undiluted... A Hulk Hogan match. This is the blueprint. And this, and, yeah. and this is what the crowd want to see. And he gladly gives yeah. it to them. Because they didn't get that last year in 05. No, no they did they not. They certainly did not. So maybe there's a, there's a Orton, first for us. Orton is a lot more willing to fucking be neutered and then then do this. Well, I heard you know, the, the rumble at the time I remember when I was a fan was like, oh, Randy's being punished for being difficult. Yeah, punish a match no, with Hulk Hogan yeah. on no, a he's, big four paper. He's, he's not been punished. He's he's just been pulled aside and, and yeah. just told. Thin but ice, maybe. F- fucking Hogan's being a bell end. You, you mm. can't... You're putting you him over clean. Yeah, you've got to do it that way. I will say this was a nice reminder after Randy had kind of maybe put it on the back burner a little bit since last year's SummerSlam where he took on The Undertaker, but he really was leaning into the legend killer aspect of the yes. gimmick mm. that was in the video package it was in the build up where he took out Lawler in like you know record time and all that and I just think you know I, I, anytime I tell Joe about Randy's earlier gimmick her eyes light up because in her mind it's like the greatest idea for it's a gimmick ever it's such a good idea and it is it I is an all time great gimmick the one thing I hate about it is that it, it on it's own is such a great concept I felt like it being just attributed to Randy who is now a legend Mm-hmm. I want someone else to have That's that. That's it. But yeah. they're going to get the Randy Orton chance or whatever if they try and do it. But then you have them like kill a load of legends because it would be a completely different class of legends if we do it in the modern era now so you do it with all like what we would consider to be modern legends X-Pac Booker T Rob Van Dam Carlito and then you build up to him fighting Randy at the end he's like I'm the original legend killer and then he fucking kills Randy like it would work so well or you have Randy be first the first victim yeah steal it from him straight away like JR is on rare let's put over Hogan form even though you know I'm not really that into Hogan tonight let me tell you he's going out of his way to make Randy out to be some sort of a devil, the aloof and abrasive Randy Orton. Legend versus legend killer king. The symbolism of this is somewhat perverse and uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Like Hogan is treated like literally like it's a sacred thing now. Yeah. You know, it is. And I just love that like Randy's been told that he's not allowed to do his shit because he might hurt Hogan. But there's Hogan fucking biting his head. (laughs) Do we know that? Is is Randy like, is there any spots that he can't do with Hogan? I just get get the vibe that Randy's been told that he can't be full Randy here. Mm. Yeah, but I don't don't think that's like Hogan. Hogan being an arsehole and Randy being like, oh, fuck's sake. Randy's just like, yeah, brother, whatever works. Like, that's the situation that they're in. If I'm honest, I would way rather it was really bitter, pissed off Randy 
doing a Shawn Michaels from the year before, overselling, yeah. doing the touch your toes, yeah, the good yeah, yeah. job. This, this doesn't like... feel like the same Randy Orton that was fighting Kurt Angle. Oh no, no, definitely not. But I think this the reason why I don't think Randy's like fuck's sake is like this is an easy way for him to be like, look, you can't trust me. I'll go out there, I'll give up yeah. Hogan yeah. the exact match he wants. Yeah, it's very rarely that you can show WWE in 2006 that you're more responsible than Shawn Michaels, yeah. who they've just signed <laughs> to a one and a half million dollar three year deal. And he's forty with zero working knees. Yeah. So yeah, that's a that's a win for Randy. I think Randy was relishing the opportunity mm. to jump around like a pinball, but not too much, brother. The monster pop for Hogan just fucking being there. Yeah. You know, he yeah. comes in the ring. The, cl- the cloud. The crowd's loud throughout this. Yeah. yeah. And there's a reason for that, Billy. As Jr. explains, Hulkamania transcends race, gender, religion, all aspects of you. You said it, not me, man. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what they said on the Hulk Rules album. Like, that kind of lines up with the ethos of Hulkamaniacs. Yeah, not Terry Bollea, though, let me tell no, you. No, 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 that's a different thing. Different thing, brother. <laughs> different thing. You could imagine this match in your sleep, folks. Yeah. Pushes, poses, the intensity dialed up early because Hogan loses his headpiece. He is revealed to be bald within 60 seconds. Yeah. That is rare for Hogan. In this era, yeah. Randy gains control, but literally he does so by, you know, going to the referee going, hey, look over there. And, yeah. you know, it's a headlock and not much really in terms of offense from Randy. Hulk disrespects the top guys by in the corner doing crotch chops. Uh, you know how much I hate DX at this point in time, but the idea of Hogan being like, yeah, me too, brother, suck it. Like, that's <laughs> such an asshole move. Well, according to the dirt sheets of the time, Adam, there was a little bit of a friendly, not really, rivalry between DX and Hogan about who was really putting them butts in seats. Fuck off. And also, who got the bigger crowd reaction tonight? Spoiler, it is definitely Hulk Hogan. Without a doubt. Hulk Hogan, yeah. who's putting butts in seats? Fucking neither of them. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> neither of them are doing it. Hogan working over Randy in the corner going, How bad do you want Brooke, dude? You want my daughter, brother? You want her? Uh, we can make a deal or something, you know, man. And who's to say, brother, that perhaps if she was not my daughter that we would be dating? Uh, oh, you went to Trump there at the end. I mean, that, that was <laughs> so hard Hulk and Yeah, all Trump. three of them. We're like... just three dudes wanting to bang our daughters. Jesus <laughs> But yeah, Hogan, he's uh, he's Mr. Hollywood here with the heel bites, yeah, the eye pokes, yeah. back rakes. Like, Long back rakes. Mm. Charges them up. I didn't like the direction for the back rakes because it just looks like he's just smearing his hand gently <laughs> on his back. Like, if it was from a different angle, that would have looked okay. It was just a bad camera angle. Well, at least they don't do what they normally did in these old-timey Hogan matches where the other person's like, I'll rake your back then, Hogan. It's like running your fingers through wet dough. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it's like clay face. Get stuck in it because it knows you're frightened. <laughs> same colour as Clayface and Batman Yeah, series, yeah. actually. And I, much like Clayface, Hogan, when he started getting his special chemicals, started dissolving. Mm. <laughs> he has to get moulded before his big match. <laughs> the ovation for the back ranks. But then Randy Orton, he works the bad meniscus of Hogan. Like, it's just, yeah, yeah. The, light, the light shots to the to the meniscus there. And I I think Randy's character is a really easy one to explain. It's one that even if you don't know much wrestling, you get. But they're going over with this 
Like, oh, the person Randy Orton loves most is the man he sees in the mirror every yeah, morning. He's not Sylvan, he's, like, yeah, oh. he's a prick who yeah. wants to be known as the legend. That's it. And he doesn't like other people being referred to as legends. He's a cocky arsehole. Yeah, that's like, he's he got needs. no respect for the people that came before him. It's not this weird, egomaniacal, self-obsessed kind of thing. Just look at me. Ain't I a sight <laughs> to see the whole damn world? <laughs> It's really, really apparent just how enamored this audience is with Hogan and they're on this ride with them. When Hogan does triple punches, he sends them against the ropes, he goes for the big boot and Randy ducks. The crowd gasp like they've mm. seen a car crash. And then he does a drop kick. Oh my God. Hogan took a bump. And then he fucking the like, cane in Saudi Arabia. He barely gets up, brother, and he takes that RKO yeah. as gingerly as you can put knee. off yeah. like, that knee brace with extra pads Fuck in it. Me. One, two, three, but Hogan's foot is on the, the rope. The slowest foot fucking... That, this is why I get the vibe of that doesn't work for me, brother. Mm. It's the fucking... It feels like he fucking misses the three count with his... Mm. He move, puts his leg up so fucking slowly. It's such baby town frolics because it's very rare that you'll do the three counts that he He'll celebrate. Yeah. And then, like, Lillian, with the biggest smile, goes, Ladies and gentlemen, the referee has noticed that there's someone's birthday today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you all get cake. And Hulk Hogan will continue and defeat Randy Orton now. Such Three punches, bollocks. point, big boot, leg drop. Oh, no, 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 no. You're not going to take it from him, brother. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, I, I, something I've always wondered about Hulk Hogan is, is what's the thing that can trigger a bout of Hulkamania? Because it's like, because the, the, it's, 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 it's so shingles, Billy. Really. No, no, but it's so, but it's so variable. Because yeah. here, it's literally one punch from Randy yeah. and he enters the state of Hulkamania. Yeah. But uh, uh, every single match, there's a different sort of. It can be a finisher? It, like it yeah, it, there's different catch? things each yeah. time. Yeah, I, and I, something that I've always interested me is because I, I don't care to watch fucking Hulk Hogan. <laughs> but just really? what what is the thing that triggers a if, if in kayfabe what triggers Hulkamania? Mm. Well, let me tell you. JR can barely muster the enthusiasm as we're going through the routine. You know the one, the routine, yeah. the one that mends the match that Hogan wins. Where Jerry just goes. How many times have we seen this? Yeah, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> it's the off. same damn thing, folks. Hogan wins. And let me tell you, given how hot this crowd are now, it is again how shocking the build, how poor it was to this. Because this made me think people would have paid money if they thought they were going to see, oh, like a big Hogan match. But they yeah. were the absence, the weird stuff with Brooke, the Hogan Knows Best parody. I don't think it put butts in seats or made people buy pay-per-views. But this wasn't about selling pay-per-views. This wasn't about TV ratings. This was about Hulk Let's, Hogan yeah. saying, look, I told you, I yeah, can do it. I'm yeah. still good. And he just wanted that from that crowd, and off he went. That's and that it. was his last yeah. match in WWE. The fucking full-back tattoo of this guy in the crowd who has a Hulk Hogan tattoo. Oh, Jesus Big vibes. Christ. Do you remember the fucking news article about the guy who got the fucking Jimmy Savile tattoo on his uh, back oh, just God, after he died? Yeah. Uh-oh. But Jimmy Savile didn't fucking slap him on the back when he got it. Like, yeah. Hogan, I mean, I assume the lad's going to get like a outline of the hand tattooed on him after Over that. Over the top of it, like. Caption, caption, contest, contest. Stafford <laughs> made! Adam Bibolo there, alongside me, your old pal, 
I wanna be a hassle maniac, have fun with my family and friends. I think it's time to rock the boat and push Shelton Benjamin. <laughs> well, you know some. <laughs> I'll tell you about the strongest assets they have. <laughs> How you doing, Adam? I'm good. I'm good. I, you put me immediately in a bizarre frame of mind with those references because that album, like we talked about on the review, very much feels like you've been tranquilized or drugged. Yes, and stones may sink and rocks, rocks may, may fall. fall. But the greatest captions of all Are still stand tall. From ye, the people who've entered the caption contest, the caption du jour, mm. it's Hulk Hogan giving a firm, strong style overhand chop to the back of the man who possesses the most unfortunate tattoo yeah. in the history of this or any other professional wrestling business. You can't get a great look at the detail of the tattoo here, but you can tell it's one of them tattoos, you know. When you, when you say one of them tattoos, what do you mean, Adam? The ones you see on Reddit, the ones that are made to be ridiculed, the ones that have that sort of like... Skegness Funfair spray painted on the side of a ride. They look like they've been airbrushed yeah, on. Yeah, uncanny depiction of a celebrity. If your tattoo looks like it could be on the side of a ghost train, yeah, it's probably not a good tattoo. Time to get a cover up. So Hogan here, showing respect, homage. I mean, there's something intrinsically like. I don't know, Gaijin wrestler in Japan about this. Yeah, I, I think don't know. <laughs> the great thing about this is there's a number of ways to interpret it because it, to me it looks like he's swatting it away or he's like, like get that away from me, dude. I thought he was going to try and grab a piece like, to rip off. Oh, like. Jesus. <laughs> oh, God, no. Sorry, I've done the Lone Ranger for Cinema Swill recently and I'm a cannibalism on the brain. <laughs> so I'm going to be taking through some of your fabulous different captions here. On Twitter, at AE Podcast, give us a follow. And I'll be going through the captions over on Facebook.com forward slash Attitude Era Podcast. Sorry about that again. Yeah, you, we, <laughs> we didn't even do a coin toss. It was just my turn to deal with this <laughs> lack of algorithm. Well, Adam, why don't you kick us off then? Mike Bennett here with the only time you'll see Hogan on his back. Hashtag creative control, brother. Replicant here. Hulk Hogan begins to bark and scratch at the other Hogan he sees in the man's back fat, not realising it's just a picture. The Grey Roast here. Hulk Hogan's back chop is great. <laughs> Mike Everest here. So that's when the spirit of the brother came into me. With my hands, I reached out and touched this Hulkamaniac brother. And just like Wembley, pow, he was cured. <laughs> Eyes open, brother. I brought him back from the death of the touch through the power of Hulkamania. That's the truth. <laughs> so, from Rusted Wire Rich, art does not have a message. It is simply a mirror in which the spectator <clears throat> sees themselves. That's from Oscar Wilde, the picture of Dorian Gray guy in the right place <laughs> at the wrong, the right time, brother. If you actually think you're out of your damn mind, Dorian. If you actually think that that's going to hang in the Grosvenor, dude. Then you're even more of a delusional bastard than I thought. The academy is too large and too vulgar, dudes. Can I just say how much I would want to see that portrait? <laughs> like, of the really scary, old, withered Hogan. Like, <laughs> Pop on his Instagram, brother. I can show you right now. <laughs> it's weird. that The picture of Dorian Gray a la Hulk Hogan. The older and more withered he becomes, the younger his wife and girlfriend becomes. Oh, jeez. Strange. Natalie Cairns here, Tony Schiavone. He's got a Hulk Hogan tattoo, Heenan. Yeah, but which side is it on? <laughs> yeah, I think he's got 
Hollywood, you know, good. He's got red and white Hogan on the back, and I think he's got evil, dark-sided Hulkazoid Hogan on the front. Black of mustache. Absolutely. Ned Baum here. Brother, it was like 1988, and Shaquille O'Neal just finished filming Space Jam. They had the gimmick where he stole the talent from the basketball, and I thought, dude, what if I stole my own talent by placing my hand on the tattoo of me? The crowd of Moron Mountain? Pop big time, Jack. (laughs) Refs as wizards. What kind of racist would I marry? I don't understand, brother. <laughs> it's one of those mad magazine folds. <laughs> Mark Quill here. Ah! It's not hot! <laughs> <laughs> oh man, there is a long one here from Corey Arbor. That's pretty much for me and you, Kevin. I'm going to have to trim it down a bit. Through the dark-sidedness of future's past, <laughs> the sports entertainer longs to see. One crowd chant out between two worlds. Brother, work with me. <laughs> We lived among the marks. I think you say merch stand, tattoo on the back. We lived above it, dude. The devilish one touched me. I'm going to have to leave it there. This goes on for a while. What to say? Like Hulk Hogan controversy in the headlines. What year is this, brother? <laughs> Eddie O'Keefe here. My neck, my back. Oh. Lick my dude and my jack, brother. <laughs> no more mutants. A bold new direction for the bosses in the Yakuza series. <laughs> Josh Hibbert here. I'm just a fan, Hulk. That's all. Your biggest fan. I'll show you something. <laughs> Took 14 hours. I fainted three times. And when we're down in Florida, we'll go get that pint with my brother. No way, dude. You're a mentalist. <laughs> the squeak. Hogan poses with a make-a-wish child. Brackets deceased in Webley <laughs> Stadium. <laughs> He died on the table. It was a 20-hour tattoo job. Jesus. Scott Carl, I said I put the Hulkamaniacs on my back, Jack. Not the other way round, dude. <laughs> Philip Gerard here. When Terry Borlea said that his penis wasn't as big as Hulk Hogan's, is this what he was explaining? <laughs> sake. This is from Days of Thunder, the WCW Rewatch podcast. This is Hogan on Joe Rogan in uh, 2032. Oh, God. I'm going to have to do an older Hogan voice. Yep. You know, brother, after I signed his back, we kept in contact till he died, and <laughs> after he died, I talked to his family, brother, and they sold that tattoo for half a million dollars. It was a Saudi prince, brother. I heard he got it framed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. It is Museum of Human Oddities. <laughs> William Irizarry here. If you back rake into the abyss, it stares back at you, brother. <laughs> This is from uh, Cheese Tom. When you find the art you purchased from Jolly Red is in fact not authentic. (laughs) From Hits 21. I have a Hulkster tattoo on my back. Please don't tell my family and friends. (laughs) JD Renaud has just put a, a speech bubble on the back of Hogan's tattoo here. Saying, I stink. For fuck's hey, sake. I don't remember saying that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a deep dive for you and I, Adam. Please. From the Puro Puro podcast. Whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. Okay, that's 50 pounds, brother. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that a reference to that vegan food festival? It's a ve- reference to the vegan food festival on a WrestleMania 19 video episode right. over at Patreon. Deep cut. Austin has here. Dude, what does mine say? Brother, what does mine say? Dude, what does mine say? <laughs> Austin Chow here. 
And that's when Dave Navarro, he approached me to be on Ink Master, brother. But I was just too good, dude. They say it overshadowed the rest of the competition. Fuck's sake. <laughs> I know, it's next on my shite reality TV no. watch through. Rob Budrich here. Yapper pie Indian back tat Jack. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Kyle Gallup here. Hulk Hogan seen here getting some body massaging practice in before his big beach date with Brooke. <laughs> it's like that's not even an exaggeration. No. Either. <laughs> that that is depressingly accurate. <laughs> J Comrade Swampton here. I was walking down the ramp, looking for some action, had my entrance music set to a racist station. <laughs> Saw a sweaty man, a nasty situation. He wanted me to give him hand back slapitation. We are the Ink Patrol. <laughs> yes. We wanna tat it, tat it, tat it. We are the Ink Patrol. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is one of these mean ones, I reckon. They just had it in the chamber, waiting for us to do anything tangentially related to Hulk Hogan. Uh -oh. So Tenacious G asked me to join the band, brother. Kyle Gass, he was a Hulkamaniac. He had a back tattoo of me of everything. That song they did, Fuck Her Gently, that was about me and Bubba the Love Sponge's wife, dude. Deal fell through and they didn't want Jimmy Hart as the manager. Big mistake, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Luke Stoneley. Hogan was desperate, trying to find a cure after he burned his hands on that radiator. Yeah, yeah, yes! No! My favourite Hogan moment. My least favourite Hogan <laughs> moment. A lot of variations on that NFT won't work for me, brother. Very good. Or that's Very my good. NFT, so I'm going to have to remove your skin. That you know, Brilliant. A lot of that going on. Patrick Whelan here. Mirror, mirror on the man. Who's the king of Hogan land? <laughs> Steven Posa. Whoa, it's like looking in a smelly mirror. Hey now, what did that fan do? We don't know that he smells. Oh, in fairness, though, he has got a giant Hulk Hogan tattoo yeah, on Yeah, and he's into hour number four of SummerSlam, so. <laughs> Andrew Tanner here. When it comes crashing down on your back tattoo, you gotta take a stand because I want to touch you. My hand on your skin, you really should look. It's just like the time I rubbed sunscreen on Brooke. <laughs> <laughs> Why is this keep coming up? The Shaxter here. I'm seeing double. Four racists. <laughs> Kyrie Crawford. Man, Hogan really likes that tattoo of Ken from Street Fighter if he was stung by a thousand bees and then exposed to the vacuum of space. Good lord. That's basically Hogan, I guess. <laughs> the Ferris wheel here. So, I beat Cowboy Bob Orton's son at, uh... WrestleMania, whatever the hell it was, Sorry. you know, 16 or 17, and all the fans were chanting, Orkeo, screwed Orkeo. I held him down, I pinned him, and Orton couldn't do anything about it, the so-called legend killer, brother. Then I met a CX employee with a tattoo of me. <laughs> Sean Harrison. You're still with me, brother. That's good. <laughs> Dana Cryptic, fearing death. Hogan implants his catra on a fan. Remember, brother! <laughs> Relicus, when you Google Hogan touching himself with safe search oh, results on. Okay. Don't Google that, maybe. <laughs> no, even safe with. Or not. Oh, not, yeah. <laughs> and ending on a juvenile note, James Cole here. And that, brother, wouldn't be the first time people saw me touch myself on camera, dude. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Feel like a fucking pig. Oh. <laughs> well, on that bombshell. <laughs>
back to the hottest party of the summer. We're going to mosey on down the road to SummerSlam 2006. Catch your ass down the road. <laughs> I was so let down by this. I remember a few months ago when I was hanging out with Billy, you said to me, oh, we're going to get Hulk Hogan versus Randy Orton. And I was like... Are we now? I was picturing 2005 Hulk Hogan bleeding out the eyes, mm. getting punted and the blood going everywhere. Randy's foot like... gets stuck in the head and he gets to take <laughs> his shoe off to get... <laughs> and then, yeah, even the build-up to this was so naff yeah. on TV. Because I wouldn't have minded Hulk Hogan winning. I'm I just want, I'm okay I just wanted, with him going I just over. want undiluted Randy. Yes, I just yeah. want to see him get beat up before he goes over at the very least. Yeah, like. I, I naively at the time as a kid thought, oh, well, SummerSlam 05 is showing that if Hogan is going to come back for a match, it's not going to be the standard old-timey no, Hulk Hogan thing. Get something different. It will be like a, a riff off of that. Yes. And I mean, I'd argue in TNA, they did that a little bit when he faced Sting and it was all like, oh, Hogan's had a million back surgeries. That was a riff off of a yeah. Hogan match and he was a heel. But this was just standard. Hogan, he's as you remember him. The music, the lights, the yeah. tights, everything. That was it. America, Hogan pointing, he wins. And I think Randy was probably really delighted with himself in this because he showed that he is, like, what an easy way to show that you're a team player. You come yeah. in with a guy and no one's going to blame Randy and say, oh, you didn't do this, that, and the other. Like, oh, we understand because it was Hogan, right? You have to. That's an easy win for Randy mm. there. Yeah. You know? But I, I feel no one... No one anticipating this match could have been happy with this, other than the people who don't know who Randy is and wanted to see Hogan do a thing again. Well, yeah, that's it. The Boston crowd is very happy with this. Like, they got exactly what they wanted out of this match. Can I just say as well, how amazing is it that we had a Sabu match followed by a Hulk Hogan match and we weren't playing 2K on the universe mode? <laughs> yeah. That is fucking wild. Oh, no, that is a matchup I would take before, te <laughs> before Terry leaves for TNA. Can we please get that on ECW? Yeah, the like... bandana's off and the spike is out in 10 seconds. <laughs> <though>. <laughs> Backstage, Mick Foley with his friend, Melina. You know... They're such good friends. Such a natural friendship. Like, it makes complete sense. So I had to look through the hardcore diaries because Adam refuses. Fucking sicko. <laughs> refuses. Like. I texted this to you, though. You couldn't escape it. And look, I just control-left Melina and the PDF just to make sure that it was, you know, that it was pure. And it was all oh. okay. So, yeah, I get improper thoughts, just like everyone else. But Melina is not responsible for them. As a matter of fact... With the exception of a couple of borderline Candace Michelle thoughts and a momentary Stacey Keebler exception, I've had nothing but proper thoughts about the whole Diva crew. Yeah! So that's it. It's all these then, right? Bet your colleagues love reading that, don't they? Like, Man, I... I you know, all I'll say is I understand it from the viewpoint of... We, I think we talked last episode about the heat Melina had... Mm -hmm. And that, you know, they did the uh, wrestler's court and they, yeah. made, they made her cry. More on that later as oh, well, God, folks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think Mick Foley, when he was back on Raw, he was actually like, oh, you know, let's let's help out someone who's maybe talented, which Melina yeah. is definitely, she's certainly over and she's she's got amazing skills in her role at the moment and could probably do a lot more. So he wants to, you know, just be a, a mentor and a friend. That's like, that's not a bad thing. It's no. the inexplicable nature of... Heel Mick Foley, who's yep. ducking and diving from Ric Flair still, since Vengeance, just, hey, my friend Melina. And the announcers are like, uh, well, Mick is friends with Melina, I guess. Yeah. They never really explain it. The closest we get is that at one point, Mick 
says to Rick, you would see someone like Melina as a conquest. I see her like a mentor. You mentored people like Randy Orton and Batista and Triple H. I'm mentoring Melina. That's such a baby face thing, though. <laughs> and he's heel Mick. And Melina's a nasty heel as well. Yeah, so you we meant get, to think he's a weirdo. We right? get these backstage segments where it's like Mick and Melina and her boyfriend Johnny Nitro's there as well. And Mick's like, you know, Johnny, I just want to... I would like to escort Melina down to ringside later. And Johnny's like, yeah, that's cool, man. Like, everyone's being super reasonable, super nice. There's no heelness about it whatsoever. Feels like a rib on Johnny, it feels like. It, it actually does. You like, know. yeah, it feels like he's somehow meant to be the butt of all this. More on that later. In a oh. match you will not expect to hear about it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this, uh, this segment was pretty decent, I thought, in terms of Foley's character. And also, for the first time, with Melina and Mick, her character. Because what I hate most about it is that Melina... On Raw, her whole thing is that she is this cruel lady. Yeah, she's vile. She's vile, she's horrible, she's vain, she's self-obsessed. Mm -hmm. Her and her boyfriend, Johnny, were basically doing the exact same thing as Edge and Lee. Literally. <laughs> when, they, when they tag together, it's like, save some space? Like, it's just not all doing the same thing. But when she's with Mick, she's just like, hey Mick, how's it going? Yeah. She's really nice and yeah. cool. So when Mick here is like... I don't know, I'm, I'm worried that I can't beat Ric Flair tonight. And she goes like, oh, Mick, there's a problem there. You see, I'm the manager of champions and I'm associated with winners. And mm -hmm. if you're a fucking loser, I don't want anything to do with yeah. you. And that makes Mick go, oh, tear him from him. He gets all fired up from it. But like, that's the first and only time there's mm. been any sort of a... Dynamic. Yeah, because like... they just stand beside each <laughs> yeah. other. And it's just weird. It, but like, but it feels like it would have been better if it was like she was taking advantage of him of his good nature or yeah. whatever even though, yeah. how do you do that when he's a heel going in it's the whole thing yes. seems really lazy and they do do something with that later on like where after this where mick is like vince decides you're gonna join the kiss my ass club and oh. mick's like oh no i know it's meant to turn him face i think and then vince is like if you don't do it melina will be fired right so then mick is like right i'll do it and then like melina betrays him and kicks him in the nuts or something like right. that right so I think it was just kind of a way so that Mick had this kind of... In his mind, he needs to have this kind of hook to get back into the goodwill of the fans. Mm -hmm. But I hate to tell you, your extremely long, extremely confusing heel run, entertaining as I found it personally, is doing untold damage to that goodwill you were sowing oh. for years. 20 years, Mick. Can we talk about some of the highlights of this long build to Mick versus Rick tonight. Mick Foley, Ric Flair, I don't need to tell you lads that this is the match I was most excited for tonight. Same. Genuinely same. But the build. It's fucking bananas. Some of the best, worst wrestling promos ever. Ric Flair coming out with Mick's book and a microphone and throwing the microphone down to stamp on it and doing his promo into the book and the camera's like, oh, no, no, go away, go away. <laughs> and Ric Flair at one point screaming at Mick, I have to taste you, I have to taste you. Brilliant. The only thing Mick has, he said this like a hundred times in the last nine weeks, Ric Flair, you're a washed up piece of crap. He keeps saying it over and over, to the point where there's been times where they play his music at the end of the segment. He's like, whoa, 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 cut my music. Rick, you're a washed up piece of crap. Then they can end the segment like... Yeah, RIP the notion that legends don't need to have their promos written for them by the creative team. Oh, we really do. Mm. Yeah, we really we do. Because like... with, with many, many weeks of this, it just led to wheels being spun. Yeah. Rick coming out 100 miles an hour, red in the face, ready to bleed. Punch himself in the face going, they don't like when I do this. They don't like when I do this. No. They don't like when I, I, do this. I like that though. I, I don't want Rick to be scripted. Yeah, I want, I love the chaos. Mick needs to be scripted, but 
I think just rep, let rip loose. Mick's done a few backstage straight down the barrel of the lens promos where he's talking right into the camera that actually have been pretty decent yes, I and like pretty those. good. Like, but it's when he tries to match Rick's energy and yes. then they've nowhere to go from there. And it becomes TNA Mick versus Rick then very quickly. Like Couch potato, father of the year, kiss my ass. The best one, Mick did an amazing promo on Rick. Again, it was one of these backstage ones right down the barrel of the lens. And it actually was amazing. Like, he actually generated some good heat, really good sentiment. And they immediately used that heat to bring the big show out to fight Ric Flair instead. <laughs> which had a, a, one of my all-time favourite retcons, which is Paul Heyman, who was now heel because he sided with Big Show after the South Philly screw job, just going, Mick Foley and I are friends now, and he tells me that you have an issue with him. Like, yeah, whatever. Uh, sure. sure. I thought he was trying to destroy ECW. As well, the last little thing I need to tell you about the build-up to this match was that Mick challenged Rick to appear on ECW, Billy, for an extreme event, the likes of which we've never seen, which was Mick Foley, Melina, and Kelly Kelly dancing to the Pussycat Dolls. <laughs> for fuck's sake. How extreme. Only on ECW, And it makes baby. it pointing in the crowd, Johnny Ace is like, awesome, toothum, oh. it's so pure. <laughs> Fuck me. I, I hate so many aspects of this, and yet I still love it. You know? Yeah, I was like undeniably excited to see these two finally go at it again you because know? there is this real life like hatred in there these lads they had a pull apart brawl for real in catering yeah. a couple mm. of years back mm -hmm. you know they tried to fucking pull each other's eyes out that's it I like that we're playing off of the real life stuff and man it's been fucking nine weeks like come on let's fucking do yeah. it already you bring Mr. Sacco I'll shove it up your ass it's Ric Flair and Mick Foley but this is no ordinary match folks it's an I quit match. And Mick comes out immediately, full Cactus Jack garb, wearing the old Japanese t-shirt yep. with a big old bin full of weapons and gimmicks. So in the spirit of the fact that there's only one person in this world I know who's probably quoted this feud and quoted these men's in this feud more than me. <laughs> it's, Adam, it's Adam Bimelo. Because it ain't me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You want to take us through this one, big man? Yeah, I mean, the real reason I'm taking you through this one is because, as you said to me on Slack the other day, there's no Kane match on this show. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so not. instead, you want to do this one. Make I do. Gladly will. Immediately, Foley comes out with a bin full of weapons, chucks them all over the ring, charges straight at Rick as soon as he gets in. Within fucking 30 seconds, we get Mr. Socko coming yeah. out and the full-on mandible claw and everything. I think their time was cut. That was very it apparent. It feels like this. we are rushing through yeah. a lot of these spots. Rick's got a big shiner on him before this match even starts as well. I think they did a, they did a little bit on Raw before this where Mick came out, ran to the ring, Jesus, and they started you know, brawling. And much like when he was with Terry Funk, it's like, oh, I'll show respect for the business by punching you in the face for mm. real. So they're both pretty banged up going into it. I mean, anytime I see a mark on Rick's face, I just assume that he did it to himself. Self-inflicted, <laughs> So straight away, Mr. Socko, Rick goes down. Mick immediately gets the referee to give him the mic. Rick responds by breathing. Uh, My favourite uh, kind of I quit match, these. Uh, like, 
Mick goes for a barbed wire socko, but Rick squeezes and kicks his bollocks. That's going to be like the main source of offence here. A lot of ball like. bashing in this one. Ode to Tommy Dreamer this match. So then Flair puts on the barbed wire Mr. Socko and gives Mick some fucking chops like that. And he rips open the shirt. You see Mick's chest is bleeding. Do, do, like. do you think that was shoot barbed wire or that he bladed his chest? Oh no, I think that was shoot because it's the typical thing of you can see it getting caught on the clothing and it getting ripped off. Like How ballsy is it of Ric Flair to do this type of a match with all the barbed wire and thumbtacks and all that jazz in his pants? Yeah, like, yes. That's, that's madness. Genuinely, one of the most shocking and like exciting things about this match is seeing some of the things that Rick is willing to do in trunks. Yeah. I thought at the like, very least he'd rock a Stevie Richards, Randy Orton style crop top in this. I mean, case in point here, Mick goes and gets a board from under the ring. I don't mean like a two by four. I mean like a big fucking massive wide it's board. A it's like a, ta- a thin table without the legs. Yes. yes. Covered in barbed wire and throws it straight at Rick. Immediate blade job, but also loads of little nicks on him as well. Well, yes, Mick did say that Rick was an easy bleeder in the, the build-up. Yes. Oh, and fuck me, does he bleed. He, he is he? playing Splatoon with his blood, man. <laughs> he, is, he is trying to fill that ring with blood. Would you be on Team Flair or Team Foley on oh, a Oh, definitely flesh? Team Flair. He's got way more of an advantage the way he's squirting <laughs> all over the more play. blood. Like, there's, a, there's a lot here. And I was wondering your thoughts. Is this... Not a great idea, given that you're meant to have a third brand whose whole gimmick is barbed wire. That's and the one big problem mm. with this is it's way more ECW than anything ECW have done for the last two months. But I do, I do like the aspect of Rick going out of his way to say he hates this bullshit. Yes, and being made to do it, and the kind of the the character of Rick Flair, and I don't know if it's Rick for real as well. Kind of going, okay, I I can see why you would enjoy this kind of thing. He, he, he gets a taste for it because he did, you know, he fought the big show on ECW mm. in a match yeah. where he was thrown on tax and all that jazz. He bled buckets. And they did a great little build with this, which I really appreciate, where they were doing this this week in WWE history gimmick. And in it, they were like, their match they picked for this week was Terry Funk and Ric Flair. Yes, their I quit match. And then Rick was like, you said that that match was one of the greatest matches you've ever seen. And that was hardcore before there was even a word for hardcore. True. So Rick was basically like, the aha moment for him is realising that he is Mick Foley's hardcore icon. Ergo, Mick would have to f- fight him in a match. It yeah. didn't make that lick of a clear sense in the build at all. No, we should say in the build all the way through it for nine fucking weeks, Mick was like, I don't want to fight you ever again, Ric Flair. I'm over you. I'm done with you. And then on the last week, he was like, fine. Like, he just changed his mind for yeah. no reason. <laughs> and he was like, oh no, I, I played <laughs> what my What did hand. I say? <laughs> so Foley throws this massive barbed wire board on Rick and there's blood everywhere. Oh, the crowd responds by going, we want fire. Like, you <laughs> un-fucking-grateful. Yeah. Foley asks him to quit again and Rick responds with, Kith <laughs> Oh, he becomes like this weird alien Rick yes, now. Yeah. Reptile Rick. And like. he, there's a, a fifth gear to Rick you rarely see in these WWE matches which we absolutely access. Oh it's, my god. It's the gear he's in for his entire TNA run whether he's bust himself open with yeah. Nick in a promo or he's drinking a fucking Smirnoff ice yeah. with this fortune is, this, backstage. This is like him tapping into how cocaine made him feel. Yes. yes. He was already at top speed but now he's hit the Nas and we're getting like yeah. extra Ric Flair here. 
The next spot is Mick brings out the film tax, and I'm fully expecting. Oh, it's the typical thing. He lays out the film the tax. Panto, right? And he takes the bump. Yeah. No. Uh, uh, uh. Bam! Old Ric Flair in his tiny little trunks takes a full body slam right into them. The, like, the, the lack of pageantry about it made it just, so yeah, mind blowing. He just does it. Like, it just straight up, and I was so shocked by this. Couldn't believe it. JR is, you know. The difference between this match and the last match, JR was pretending the last match that he carried this match. The, the real emotion is yeah, coming out in his he's, voice. He's actually invested. And then after that bump, you got to think that we're going to check if Rick wants to quit. Folks, this is our grunt of the night right here. <laughs> One hour, 15, 55 seconds we get. And boys, I got this actually lined up for yes, you Yes, I want to see my new ringtone. Give it to me, Rick. You son I really thought you were going to play Todd Grish and go Is that the one where where Rick says I will rip out your heart Jesus (laughs) You quit or I'll kill you right now Get a barbed wire bat rubbed in Flair's eyes Oh my god More low blow offence He's crying blood after this Yes like literally, he's, he's literally He's cut up his eyelids yeah. This is your annual SummerSlam Bleeding out the eyes yeah. Spot right here Like Mick He gets that bat swung on him I've never heard the bat Like the barbed wire Rattles on it Cause yeah. Rick goes Like he fucking Proper Lays it in Real fucking scary Mick takes the nasty plunge onto a bin on the outside. He didn't do that since the late 90s. Literally no fucking need. No need whatsoever. JR points out that he sails right past the protective mats. Yes. Right onto the hard bit. The bin that was there to sort of break his fall just completely slides out from underneath him. Does absolutely nothing. The EMTs and Molina, they're straight out for Mick. The referees... Call the match off. Ding, ding, ding. The match is over. And I will say, shout to Melina who, bam, tears immediately. Yeah, great acting on Melina. She's watched beyond the match. She knows the mode that they're going for. Line of the night from Rick Flair. He gets straight on the mic. Ah, no, no, no. This ain't a lay on your ass match. It's an I quit match. <laughs> so because Rick wants to, we're going to carry on with the match. Now this feels like a fucking double turn. Oh yeah, oh, Rick, yeah. Rick's gone dark-sided here. Uh, by uh, the but, end of the match it is, definitely, but yeah. I, I don't remember him committing to being a heel. No, Mick, Mick has simpy after this, but Rick is just like... But Rick's just Rick. Now. Crazy old man. Yeah. I think this you're meant to buy this is that Rick has this in him and it's always there, yeah. so yeah. watch out. So Mick rolls back in the no. ring through the thumbtack. <laughs> and the I crowd are like, no! I can't, I can't tell if he didn't see them or he yeah. if he just could. This, this will be funny. No, I will Mick. roll in the ring my way! The oh. hard way! Oh no. More barbed wire getting rubbed in Mick's face as Melina is forced to watch and cry. I was hoping we were going to get the Melina like all the way through <laughs> Rick screaming at him. She does not quit for him. Yes. She tries to throw in the towel. She like. throws in the towel and the referee's like, oh, okay, ding, ding, ding. The match is over for a second time. And again, Rick says no. So, all right, we're going to carry on. He tries to kill Melina then. Yes. Well, he doesn't. <laughs> I remember that because I've seen this match before. I remember it as Rick going after her. He's going after Mick with the barbed wire and Melina gets in the way like right, a human yeah. shield. She's going to sacrifice herself. And that's what makes Mick go, I quit, I quit, because he doesn't want Melina to get hurt. Which I think is a good finish. Yeah, and it is. But that's e- why he would. But the execution of it is very rushed and very sloppy. And it kind of takes the announcers and the crowd a second to be like, 
Oh, it was because of Melina getting in the way that Mick quit. Like, I love a fast-paced or snappier match, but this is one of those rare occasions where I would have argued for another five, ten minutes to, just to, to make that mean of it mm, yes, more. I think definitely because you think back on it when you hear Mick say "I quit," he says it like three times, and every time he gets kind of sadder and more. Yeah, like the last one's just "I quit." Like he's really fucking dejected. Yeah amazing fucking performance from both men yes honestly against all odds i fucking loved this match and like, I, I don't think i liked the million involvement even nope. still but she did a great job in a role that i didn't think made much sense i've got to say last time i i hated no, there two, two out of three, three falls, falls yes yeah. and i said to you i thought this was worse mm-hmm. yeah absolutely fucking isn't this is the third time i've seen this match First time was at the time when I was mm-hmm. 14. Didn't like it then. Second is when I bought the fucking Foley Greatest Hits and Misses DVD. Yeah, yeah, it's on, yeah. I think it's the very last match on it's that on DVD. the bonus new release they did of it, uh, yeah. And I didn't enjoy it then. This time, it fucking clicked for me. Mm-hmm. I really fucking enjoyed this match. Why did it click this time and not the other times? Is it more of a familiarity with the men's body of work? I, I, think, I think so. But I, I also, like, I, I got this, I don't know if I got this conflated with another match because I remembered Melina throwing in the towel, but I don't remember her diving in front of the way of Mick. But I also remember this this match being in the daytime in an open air stadium. So I'm, <laughs> so I'm like conflate. I'm conf- I think I'm conflating two different things. Yeah. But there's there's no other match between them. Well, no, there is. There's the the match in TNA, which was mixed. But last that's not. Match. But that's not in an open air stadium. No, so it's I not. don't know where I have Melina throwing the towel. In the in daylight, bro. In dreams so of I th- yours. I, I, I've <laughs> conflated something here, and but no, I really enjoyed this match much more than I enjoyed the um uh, the two out of three falls match. Yeah, I think I think that served to set this up. I That's think what, that wasn't a real match. Yeah, really. that was an angle, I yeah. guess, in disguise. The kind of disgust that can't be hidden in Jerry Lawler's voice when he goes, "That wasn't wrestling, Jr." And Jr. being like, "I've driven past." Fatal car crashes that were not as disgusting <laughs> and vile as this. Fatal. And like the camera lingers on the bloody pile of rags yeah. that once was Mick Foley, who gets some claps that then turn into resounding boos. Yep. Which, if there was a way to write off this mean-spirited, egotistical, weirdo heel character, it's the f- like he referenced. Hell in the cell in this because Rick is like, oh, you just fell off a cage, and he's like, people clapped for me when I got off the gurney, and the fact that you have this moment that is l- almost like that, and kind of meant like, to be that. No, fuck him, boo, yeah. and it's that's, a real miserable that's fucking what finish. I, mean. I think the finish is such a good idea, but the execution was just off. Like if they'd have had it where Rick was like. If you don't quit, I'm going to fucking hit her with this bat. And then it's like a very a clear heroes, double yeah. turn kind of thing. But it wasn't but that, no. Instead, it's just both, they both seem like heels and assholes. Mm. Clearly predicting when this was filmed a much different outcome or a different reaction to the match, we cut back to smiling Vince McMahon, <laughs> who goes, Mick Foley is a loser, but Umaga is a winner. <laughs> Yeah, I got fucking. I got the bends. This yeah, was such a yeah, honestly, yeah, honestly. It's Vince McMahon talking with his son Shane about 
how they plan to bring out loads of guys tonight. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be a lot of bullshit, folks. And the last one we'll bring out will be Umaga. And Armando Estrada comes in and he goes, Gentlemen, my name! Guys, we know who your name is. All right, yeah, Umaga's coming later. Yeah, yeah, he's coming Definitely later. Definitely going to interfere for you, don't worry. We cut back to incensed JBL, who refers to him as Ugh. Armando Alibaba Estrada. Fuck's sake. And he's like, I'm going to wear a hat and cigars to tell Rich to get over the business. I thought he'd love him. Yeah, but JBL's the kind of guy that if he loves you, he'll kind of show it by bullying you. Coming up next... It's our World Championship match. A match so important they announced it on WWE.com. Not taking place, I should add as well, is The Undertaker versus Greg Cali, which was on the cards until the week before, and they put it on SmackDown out of fears of Cali's inability to perform in front of a live crowd. <laughs> there were rumours at the time that perhaps it could become a selling point that you had to go and see him live in person to see just how right, bad he was. Right, okay. Do you want to see Undertaker and Grey Kelly in a last man standing match and the only move he can do is a punch? Beep, boop, 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 yes. Beep, boop, boop, boop. I actually really do want to see that. Oh, baby, baby. So, yeah, it's King Booker, Dave Batista, World Heavyweight Championship on the line. Good Lord, the loop of all hail King Booker. I love it. It comes I on. Love it. Dude. I, I absolutely love JBL's love for the for King Booker and Queen Charmel. I love that. The I love JBL's love of it. Of King Solomon and King Arthur and and uh, King Crisps that you can get in Ireland. <laughs> Cheese and onion, smoky bacon, salt and vinegar. I literally turned the show off during this entrance. <laughs> I actually, I, I quit I, my job. I full on tapped out. The absolute adoration in his voice because he's not. He that says though, it Billy. so sincerely. I just love. You're it. making out like that's the issue. No, the issue is the six second loop. Charmel going. All hail King Booker! Then she'll, she'll change it up. She'll go, All hail King Booker? Yes. All hail King he Booker! He goes on for like fucking eight minutes. It's so long. But Adam Bebelow, you're getting worked. The wisdom. I of, don't care if I'm getting worked. Getting, I had a headache. You're getting worked. This is great. The <laughs> wisdom of King Solomon, Age of Empires, Age of Empires 2, <laughs> Age of Empires, Age of Mythology, all the different kings, the Crusades. King Booker's a king. Fucking shoot me. I hate this. So Jerry Lawler, much. Harley Race. <laughs> what I do love is Booker's soft, humble little smile that yes. he has on his face. It is proper regal, isn't it? And the dreads popping out of the crown. Love Great it. Great look. Very, very good. And I, I'll tell you what, I'm somewhere in the middle between you two. I appreciate the work. It did also give me a headache. Mm-hmm. But I liked it as the palate cleanser after that extremely wild brawl mm. that then gave way to Dave Batista's music. I walk alone. Yeah, he's back, every, baby. Every time I see him, the first thing that goes through my head is he's the fucking coolest motherfucker. Just the character of Batista. Yeah. I heard recently, I think it was... Um, Kieran Culkin, who plays... Uh, oh, when he's on Hot Ones, he fucking buried Dave. Yeah, he buried Dave. <laughs> and he was like, oh, you know, I used to you know, see him on wrestling. He'd be like, oh, he's just a guy or whatever, a guy they're pushing. And then, like, oh, we saw him in Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm like, whoa, this guy's really cool and really charismatic. And, like, I I view him as being, like, my one-man guilty pleasure. Because if Big Dave comes out, I'm like, oh, here we go. Yeah, yes. I'm exactly the same. I love Big yeah. Dave. And I'm not expecting much. I want to see him do the Spine Buster yep. and yeah. the Batista bomb. And I want to sh- him to do a mine-fucking-turret. Yes. Yeah. That's all I want. And you'll I get want that. the intensity, baby. But, woo! Drama alert! 
real life backstage fight. Oh no! Between Booker T and the Animal Dave Batista. That was probably better than this really boring shit world title match yeah. that absolutely belonged on SmackDown with Grey Cali versus The Undertaker. The SummerSlam commercial that they shot, the one that had a, you know, they shot at a mansion in California. Yeah. The one with the picture, you know, John jumping into the pool going, hey. Yeah. You ever Todd Grisham unveiled it? Yeah. <laughs> 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 yes, that one. They had a fist fight at the shoot. Yeah, JBL references on commentary. Yeah. That was a shoot. That was a shoot That was fight. a shoot at the shoot. A shoot at the shoot. And let me tell you, there's a hundred different versions of this story, around 84 of which come from the man Booker T himself, <laughs> who has dined out on this story. He has dined with kings and queens on so, this story. So, so that, that says to me then that he won the fight. Well, that I know was... That, I know that both of them are, are in shoot supposed to be actually quite tough guys. Mm. They did not like each other. And apparently this stemmed, going back years, Booker was one of those lads who was like, hey, I'm not saying he's not paid his dues, but, oh, Dave Batista went from not to world champion top guy, awful quick, two, three years turn around, did he, mm. did he earn his spot? I've been in this business for 15 years. I'm not, I no, no, all power to him, he's a great guy. Yeah, I'm just saying though, has he paid his dues? Has just he paid his dues? Passive aggressive wrestling Honestly. bullshit. And apparently at the shoot, Batista said words to the effect, and I'm relying this around 18 different sources of people who have also dined out on this story, that he said, what's the matter, Booker? Are you upset that I've accomplished more in my two years on top than you have in your entire career? Uh-oh. Does it bother you that I'm the top draw on the card on SmackDown? Jesus. And Booker T then was like, look, we've got problems. we got to work them out, brother. And then they had a fight. <laughs> Which, some people say, Booker T definitely won. He took him to the ground. Other people say, Finlay, I should say, is the person who tried to... He's the only person who kind of... Finley's the only person who kind of dissents this opinion, and he was like an agent at the time as well as being a wrestler, and he had to kind of break it up. He said that Booker T had a really swollen eye, implying that even though he took down Batista, okay. he got bashed in the eye. But also, Charmel apparently got a quick shot in on Batista's dick while he was down on the ground. So she knows how big it is. She does. Okay. She it. She's given a whack. So. It wasn't exactly a proper fight. It was two lads rolling around on yeah, the floor. I being pulled apart. I, I'd, I'd be inclined to believe Finley, to be honest. Most backstage fights, like Jericho and Goldberg, Ric Flair and Eric Bischoff, yeah. Ric Flair and Mick Foley, Ric Flair and... You know, it always tends to be lads rolling around on the floor. Yeah, that's it. Someone it's responsible. Someone whose job it is has to come and pull you apart. Yeah, like. wrestlers themselves, it's all... I bet everybody claps. Yeah. It's like big, those kind of fucking Yeah, stories. I knocked him out and then I hit the Batista bomb. And sure. Then, and then I was going for the scissors kick but I just took too long on the spinneroony, and he got a cheap shot in on me. Yeah, but I could tell for a second. But Charmel was thinking, "Oh, I know. Okay." But look, that's where this story ends. Or does it? Spoiler it. No, it doesn't. Oh my god! Because this actually has been pulled in from the other drama involving Melina. Melina, who, if you remember, had Wrestler's Corner last episode. Yeah. The reason she was pulled into Wrestler's Corner is because she was apparently taking the term diva too seriously but also because she was making her boyfriend, Johnny Nitro, look like a chump because she was allegedly having an affair with the animal Dave Batista. And apparently the reason why Booker T and Batista had beef was that Batista took issue with Booker T, the prosecutor, in that wrestler's court that he was being unfair to Melina. He wanted to fight Booker T on her behalf. This is fucking high school, man. 
I, drama. I, and Johnny I, Nitro's like, how do I get over? Do I? <laughs> I have I just heard, wrestle. <laughs> I have heard before that Dave did not like the idea of wrestlers court. Yeah, and thought it was bullshit before. So both, both Dave and Mick Foley saw Melina, how it was happening there. I was like, well, that's a bit unfair. But Batista took the steps to have an affair with her and then uh-huh. fight her detractors. A real man's man, Dave Batista. Let's not forget as well, we can't overlook the fact that Big Apple Takedown came out around this time. And then the same damn team. Booker T was on the cover of that book, but he got bumped for Chavo Guerrero to work with Big Dave. So I'm just saying, he's going to be resentful about that as well. He didn't get no NSA paychecks. Tell me the residuals from Pocket Books, you're talking like five, ten dollars. Easily. At least three times a year. Uh Unbelievable. Ridiculous. Nothing that's going to happen now between these two sounds of bells ringing is going to be as interesting as what we just talked no. about. Oh yeah, th- th- that preamble is longer than the match yes, that we're about to cover. Easily. Batista's not had a significant match in nine months. Sorry, Saturday night's main event. Ouch. Ouch. We got a boring chant within a hundred yeah. seconds. Again, this one you wouldn't get a boring chant if you wrestled like a king. <laughs> I don't know what I mean. I want him to wrestle like a king. I mean it's a kingly environment because of all the gold ticker tape and all the dried blood stains from the last <laughs> match. The ring is just filthy. <laughs> so JBL, I remember loving him on commentary back in the day. Because he had energy and he was a bit, you know, of a character. And he referenced his character in kayfabe yes. as it pertains to other people. And he does mention, you know, anytime Batista is brought up, he'd be like, don't talk about that. Or mm. don't talk about the Batista bomb. Don't talk about last summer's time when we had a really shit match. Yeah. So I, li- I like that. However, his blind spot is not knowing how to authentically dial that down when the crowd doesn't care. Because when the crowd is quiet, and you're like this! Oh my god, it's unbelievable! It's like you're trying to, like, I don't know, whatever. Overcompensate. Yeah, Yeah. and it makes their efforts seem paltry by comparison. And Jesus Christ, he wraps himself up in knots. Booker T, for the one bit of heat in this match... Gets in the golden scepter, brother. Mm-hmm. He smashes the golden scepter over Dave Batista's head. And then Michael Cole's like, don't you see, John? He used the scepter. I don't care if he used the whole damn building. Oh. <laughs> Imagine that, though. That would be a hell of a shot, wouldn't Bam! it? Like, and, and then he took it in your tights so they're free to see it afterwards. <laughs> what did he hit him with? A hole to die in. <laughs> Enough of your kingly headlocks, King Booker. I demand action. Batista makes a small comeback to which JBL goes, Batista's too myopic. If I'm going for the fucking dictionary in my wrestling match, you've made a mistake. Oh, it's short-sightedness, right? Myopic. But like, how does that pertain to his wrestling style? Yeah, it doesn't. He got hit in the head with a golden scepter. Again, he's claustrophobic, not myopic. Have you not read Big Apple Takedown? You know what? I think we need to send Tori Wilson around to set these guys. Honestly. Teach them what the NSA do things. We got a missile dropkick from Booker T. Nice. Bookend. Jackhammer then from Batista. Okay. Which got a small Goldberg chant. And Billy Gunn is furious. (laughs) It's my move to steal. (laughs) And then, mid-Batista bomb, Charmel just comes in and bum-rushes him, and that's the end of that then. DQ Fucking finish. DQ. Yeah. And we have this, like, post-match finish. 
Like this would have been the finish of a match. This, this should have been the finish of a match. So Booker goes for the scissors kick. Yeah. And then he gets the, the spine t- buster. Yeah. And then he tries to get him for the Batista bomb. I don't know if Booker was sandbagging him. But if he was, he was going to break his own neck in the process. Mm. And yes, he may try and fight you in the honor of his mistress. But Batista is enough of a man to hoist you up like a sack of potatoes safely. Which got a small, ah, from the crowd. He did it. It made for a weird Batista bomb, but I kind of liked it that it was like slow motion almost. Like a, yeah. yeah. Dave looks big pissed off after he does yes. it. Yes. Yes, he did. Do you remember that Saturday Night's main event? This was his big return. Yeah. It was the whole thing. Mark Henry's meant to be... Get, and then Mark Henry got injured. And then all the elevated well, liver enzymes. You know what? And then, then this. Look at the silver lining. At least Dave didn't get injured in this match. Because yes. I was genuinely sat there waiting for him to hurt himself. Like Michael Cole started laughing during the Batista bomb. And the crowd chatted bullshit. It's his big return. Yep. You blew it. That was genuinely awful. Because I know these men were capable of better. Like, they absolutely were. Mm. It was a dead spot, but like, was there anything else about this match that was of interest? No, this this was just a fucking bog standard Booker T Batista match. It's exactly what you expect from them. No bells and whistles. Summer Slam, Smackdown. Going through the motions. Yeah. Yeah, Smackdown really feels like the B show at the minute, doesn't it? Like. Backstage, Degeneration X talk with. Somebody. Someone tall. They're both looking up, but we can't quite make out who I it is. I was a hundred... Because I couldn't remember this pay-per-view. I was a... I was like... I wrote my notes. It's a hundred percent going to be Hornswoggle. I hundred percent going to be Hornswoggle. <laughs> well, the man is not as tall as the tall tales these two degenerates are telling. They're uh, all like, oh, yeah, this guy Umaga says that he's the coolest and the baddest and... We all know that. And then he starts beating the door, this lad, si- yeah. silently. Yeah, so, very, very, very quietly. Very quietly. Interesting. Coming up next, the most eagerly awaited tag team match in SummerSlam history. Get fucked. Come on. It is D-Generation X versus the McMahons. And lads, they certainly had enough rope to hang themselves in the bills for this one. DX has made a habit, a if you will, of embarrassing the McMahons. Generation X last week brought me a rooster. The implication being that I love cops. The anti-establishment, the attitude, the defiant duo. Spence's production truck. Go to camera 10. Go to camera 10. Check you two or nothing more than a bunch of degenerative juvenile delinquents. What could we possibly have done to Vince McMahon to make him mad? Once again, the X has humiliated the chairman of World Wrestling Entertainment. My son Shane and I are sick and tired of watching you each and every week make fools out of us. But there's no question that SummerSlam is, in fact, the biggest party of the summer. Therefore, I, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, will team up with my son, Shane, in a tag team match against Degeneration X. Oh, this is going to be big. I can't wait to see what's going to come with this. You know the McMahons are going to have something up their sleeves. 
resources. So we want to choose someone from the Raw roster and have them at our side? Like a snap of my fingers, that'll happen. I heard you were looking for some resources. <laughs> and I got just the resource you're looking for, I mean. As a token, on my behalf, please accept. These are cute. These are nice. We have a warrant to go through your bags. Do you realize Cubans are considered contraband? I don't even smoke. It's just ridiculous. All this is about is Mr. McMahon and Shane hoping that someone, somehow, can wear down, injure, hurt, or do something bad to DX before SummerSlam. Michaels could not overcome the odds. Michaels is absolutely helpless. How despicable can one's conduct be? Shawn Michaels has been physically dissected. Next week, Triple H takes on new Boy, is the game walking into a loaded deck or what? Shawn Michaels, after being baited by Shane McMahon, Michaels has been taken to a, the city jail. I cannot believe how the McMahons have orchestrated this isolation of DX. How diabolical a family are we dealing with here? Sports Entertainment again put down DX at SummerSlam. The McMahons will bring down the wrath of Satan upon you. Look, we had so much build that they stopped building this match and tried to put over Umaga for a yes, couple of weeks. They just yeah. changed their mind for a minute. Like it's been nine weeks of DX, Billy. There's been a lot of shenanigans. I mean, your enjoyment's going to depend entirely on whether you're pro or anti-cock. Yeah, at this time, I think your enjoyment is going to depend on whether you're above the age of eleven or under the age of eleven. To be honest, I mm. don't think that Vince loves cock T-shirt did gangbusters business nope. somehow. Uh-uh. I, I don't. But it's think such it did. a funny bit. I I laughed and had a good time at some of the DX shenanigans. There was a couple of bits that made me laugh. Okay, couple Adam, of bits. you suffered through it all. What were some of your? Because we're not going fucking no. We're no not going way. through all of them. No. And Billy, if there's any ones you remember as well, please, did you let me know? The big, the big one that I remember is the voice modulator. That's I literally what I was going to say. Yeah. Particularly the, God damn, do you people think this is funny? Yeah. That, that <laughs> is genuinely funny. Yes. The bit where they drop the shit on the Spirit Squad, not funny. That sucks. It's crude, shitty humour. But Triple H just on the microphone going, holy shit! Like, that <laughs> makes me laugh. Yeah. Like, I, I always will get a kick out of... Vince and Shane being imitated by Oh Shane. no! I like that. That was cricket. I know. That was brutal. But I I just love the commitment to it. The fact they keep yeah. going. I they, love the commitment to cringe. And it's, no it's, turning back. It's far too. It's like it's like how we would try and make each other laugh with like the little tiny bits mm. because there's no there's very like they do stand back or whatever but like it's bits like Vince go Triple H is Vince going. You want to play, pal? Mm-hmm. Huh? You want to dance? Yeah, those little things make me laugh so much. It's wasted on a live audience. It is. Because it is just silence the whole way through. And I would say the good majority of these DX skits have been met with silence from the crowd. Okay, well, how about the DX raging barbecue of the summer? Uh... Now, we may have erroneously stated that Candice Michelle was given a blowjob. No. Absolutely not. Hell no. She was getting a blowjob. <laughs> she was getting a blowjob. 
as was Triple H getting a blowjob, while both of them were wearing big boot-cut jeans. Yep. <laughs> the bit where the camera moves, and you can see Triple H's crotch. He's just wearing jeans. So the idea of this massive man in jeans going, uh, uh, pretending to come, <laughs> is so funny. Adam, to you've not lived until you've had a dry blowjob, okay? Over the jeans? <laughs> oh my god, man. And they just have to chew on that denim. <laughs> and the, the, the blatantness of right before it happens, Sean just going, oh, I think I see Mr. Fuji and walking off screen. <laughs> so Sean did quite a lengthy interview on WWE.com about, hey, Sean, how are you reckoning to all the DX shenanigans since you've come back? And he's like, well, uh, I've not really been comfortable with a lot of it. <sighs> Specifically mentioned the barbecue is saying that he thought it was very contrived and it made him look bad. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't believe that, they, you know, that he was saying yeah. this. Yeah, they published yeah, that. If, yeah, yeah. If, if find it's him saying it, then publishing it. That's shocking. Also, he did not like the t-shirt that they have. What, the Vince Loves Cock t-shirt? No, the one that's on the cover of the book. Oh, the little 2GB DA. It's a shit t-shirt, but what's upsetting about it? The fact that Sean bare ass. Oh my god. And he said that was one thing, like the mooning was a big no-no. I thought you were going to say fucking something about honouring false idols. (laughs) (laughs) It's a craven image. It's so funny because he was like, yeah, one of my big no-nos early on was that there was going to be no bare asses. Wow. And apparently the first design of the t-shirt that Triple H was pushing for didn't find out what it was, but he was like, it was way overboard, and the the one the one of us his little animated chibis that was a that was a compromise. What was the first one? I think it was just the, the bare ass of both of them, you yeah. know, from maybe back when they did. Oh, like, like an actual picture, yeah, like '97, like, right. black and white, or whatever. And the really funny thing was is that he said, "Well, my wife taught me down because she pointed out that you couldn't really tell which one of us it was on the on the cartoon, so." It was okay, I 100% guess. 100% They literally put a little Heartbreak Kid symbol on Sean's <laughs> yeah. buttocks. Just so you can be like, it's him, look. Well, you, they look completely different. You can 100% tell I, who's No, who. in fairness, on the chibi graphic that they make, they literally just copied and pasted the same guy they twice. Yeah. But they put a little HBK yeah, yeah. tattoo to be like, ah, 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 Sean, Because they look like little you. Funko Pops, don't they? Yeah, it's, it's grim. <laughs> My favourite part of the interview was when Sean tries to talk to the folks who were really disappointed that he wasn't doing the righteous path that he'd been doing. Because remember the build-up to WrestleMania 22? He was yep. like, I'm not, you know, he's talking about his faith. Yeah, it does, yeah, it saved does him. feel weird in retrospect that they went from that to this. And he's like, guys, I just want to tell you at home, people are disappointed you know, the WrestleMania 22 character that I was doing, the build-up talking about the righteous path and all that. That's not who I am either. That's also a character. And in the interview he goes, the truth is, I'm way more right wing than that guy. (laughs) (laughs) And you don't want to see that guy on TV. And I thought, fair fucks to you, Sean. That's some good self-awareness. To be like, you know what? If you heard me talking about guns and immigrants and shit like that. You're not going to like it. They have to pray in school. They have to. Wow. And instead of the Pledge of Allegiance, they should play Michael Hayes' Why Don't the Kids Pray in School song anymore. So, bit of self-awareness there, Sean. But yes, even the the religious version of his religious character, he thought was crap and not who he was. So, with all of that, bear in mind, that's how Sean feels about this time, Billy. Don't you want to watch the episode of Raw where Steph's gone into labour so Triple H can't be here? Sean, it's up to you to do all the DX stuff on your own tonight. Umaga was like doing double duty to interrupt him and be like, and if you're not Dan, come on, with that, where is he? Please, quickly. (laughs) Two words and they are... Uh, Stephanie got into labour and, you know, 
them having to... For real this time. For real yes, this time. actually, yes. Not like, I'm fake going into labour to trick Shawn Michaels. <laughs> no, this time, you should have to go to labour. And they were like, yes, and Triple H and Vince McMahon and Shane McMahon are all in the hospital. And, God, what's it like in there, King? And they go, oh, man, I bet they're worried about how she's getting on. Jesus. I mean, like, but, like, it's like... You just said they're all there together. That's it. They all but care about they, her. There's no storyline to be gained from that. They tiptoeing around it where they're like, oh, and apparently Triple H knows something about who the father is. And they never really address it, but they're just like sort of winking a nudge. Yeah. He kind of knows something about Steph. And they don't give a kayfabe reason as to why he's there that's with something her. They, like, they never, never do. The no. closest they get is they have Triple H being like, yeah, we all know, Shane, that Vince's money's not going to you. It's going to... Use your daughter, the daughter, and whoever she knocked her up, you know, mm-hmm. some studs. And they had like Sean be like, Somebody told me that you have secret information about the identity of the father, Triple H. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, they also show a photo of the baby. This is the most egregious and on the nose. <laughs> and they're like, We got a picture, the first ever picture of Aurora Rose. And it's a baby with Triple H's face on it. I just think there's a Nevermind style lawsuit coming down yeah. the line for TKO Holdings in the in the future. You should have probably avoided talking about it. But if yes. you were going to mention it, given that you went to such painstaking lengths on TV to divorce them in yes. an angle which you at home probably hate, but... I fucking love the Stephanie Triple H divorce really? storyline from O2. I fucking oh yeah, the, the, Triple H pedigree and Vince on his wedding day and ripping out of a tuxedo <laughs> as Stephanie goes. Yeah, yeah. it's the, the best ever. It's, it's best. so great. I did it with you, yeah, Billy. You did yeah, I did it with great. Joe. It's great. I love it. So you gotta give me. Oh, thank God for that. Ba 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 ba. Just give me a reason. Yeah. Because then they're the authorities together and you're meant to accept that. That's it. Yeah, it's it a just hole, happens. A very easy to plug hole because all of this story at the moment on Raw is about this family. Yeah. And their, their interrelations and the steam ain't there. And the bill of WrestleMania, there was blood. There was fucking anger. Mm. Righteous fury. There was insanity with McMahonism. This is just like Shane and Vince being interrupted by DX yeah. and then going oh. going through the motions. Oh, they, they, they did plant contraband cigars on them though. Oh baby, yes. did they ever! That that Cuban and Armando Estrada paying dividends. Mm. And they went out of the way to tell you that Vince doesn't smoke anymore. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean we can't chomp on him though, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Was there any other DX bits you remember? Because you you were a young, much younger kid than me. You would have been like, what, 12 or 13? I would have, I would have been 14 yeah. when this happened. And I was 18. I was rolling my eyes hard at this um, back in the day. No, I don't. I mean, the whole Cox thing. The whole... Um, <laughs> they, 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 that, and the start of it, you know, like, do, you, do you like this animal? Yes, I love that animal. And then do you love, it ends with, do you love Cox? Yes, I love Cox. Like, that's, that's that's a moment I remember, but there was also I wasn't a big bit... in. I wasn't big into DX yeah. either. So there was a bit where he Triple H dressed as Vince McMahon, listed off a load of Richards that he liked. He's like, I love Richard Nixon. That's right, I love Richards, folks. You could say I love dicks, like, <laughs> right down the barrel of the lens. Like they think it's very clever, Billy. Mm. The strange jewel wield where it both A, expects you to be like 10 or 11 years old so you find this funny, but also be old enough to know who DX are because there's no real explanation as to 
why Sean and Triple H, who hated each other for years and tried to kill each other, why they're mates suddenly. They never I mean, mentioned their bond or what the group was. The book no. sure as shit doesn't. No, there's no reference to the DX of old. All we really know is these guys both hate Vince McMahon. And they love and to they, have fun, and they, they love to have a good time and throw shit on people. So that's all we're getting. Vince McMahon in the build as well and our promo package earmarks what will happen in this match. He's like, there'll be loads of superstars from Raw and SmackDown. We're going to interfere. And we have a legion of dirty cops. I will say, isn't this ironic, Triple H, that the mm. shoe is on the other foot? That someone else has cops who are buddies of him and not you. Mm-hmm. I did get a laugh when Triple H was being carted away for contraband cigars going... Wait till my lawyer hears about this. McDevitt's going to tear you guys a new one. Yeah, look at that. I'm powerful. <laughs> <laughs> I have access to unlimited legal resources. <laughs> they recently retired, Jerry McDevitt. Yeah, yeah. He's gone. I don't know. I think they'll bring him back in for one last go around. <laughs> the feds yeah. have to. Yeah, yeah. The feds are investigating you. You ain't retiring for shit, mate. You're yeah, coming right that back. Saudi money. That's a long video package. And that's a long entrance. Triple H and Shawn Michaels... They emulate Hulk Hogan to diminishing returns. Mm. This was really funny because he's like, oh, look me, I'm doing the hand to my ear. Yeah, yeah except when yeah. Hogan did it, people went, yay. Yeah. And here people are going, uh. It's a very damp receipt you've got there, Triple H. Triple H grabbing the mic going, are you ready? Uh, that's pretty much what they do. You're literally. I said, are you ready? Shh. Hey, I thought this was Boston. Oh. Oh, he's, he's questioning whether we are or not Boston. Like. Yeah, you. This is literally like the clan going, it's not your birthday. It's yeah. Like, it is. We are in Beantown. It's so lazy. Like, literally, when they got on the mic, I was like, oh, are we fucking going to the promo? No, it's just that promo again. The same fucking promo. Here comes the chairman of the board. And JR just repeats all of his spiel from WrestleMania 22. Yeah. But with no vim and vigor. Mm. He's like, oh, you know, if Vince is probably going down to hell and, you know, it'd be like a, like a hostile takeover. The boardroom meetings, you know, mm. as, as I've mentioned before, they would probably be um, arduous. Like this match is going to be, hey, Mr. Muscle and Fitness. That's a very big jumper. Interesting. The drug- yeah, what's, what's going on there? Remember the drug tests they were chatting about? Yeah. Yeah. What? What's that got to do with anything, Kevin? Interesting that. Huh. No one gives a fuck. Not even the Spirit Squad. It's literally like yeah. Vince's music doesn't even stop. I did enjoy one of because I didn't even say his name. But one of the Spirit <laughs> Squad members trampolining in, and before he's even hit the ground, he gets a fucking switch in music. music. I did enjoy that immensely. They're the tag team champions of the world, yeah. and the Highlanders can't get nothing going on them at this oh, race. Fuck me. More on that, unforgiven. That yeah. does anyone want to know about Kenny's bad month that he's had? Uh oh. This is really oh, is miserable. This, is, is this where they've realised that maybe he isn't going to be the next big thing? Well, that's definitely happening to him. Because I think, you know, as we said before, the Spirit Squad was about Kenny. The Spirit Squad doesn't get pushed. Kenny doesn't get pushed. Uh-huh. But the real sad thing is, Kenny was at a red light on his way to one of the towns and one of the Raws before this. A fan came up to him at a red light, knocked on his window. He pulled down the window. The fan gave him some shit to sign. And the light went green and Kenny said, sorry, man, and drove off. Okay. The guy fucking spun out and fell and hurt his shoulder and his poster got messed up. Oh, jeez. That fan went to the cops yeah. and told him that Ken Doan drove over him and ripped up his poster. Oh, my fucking God. At the Raw before this, Kenny got served not one, 
but two fucking subpoenas. He two. went. Yeah, one for assault and hurting the guy's shoulder. B the misdemeanor for fucking up his poster. poster. Fuck off. And as someone who had to go to court to prove something that was absolutely not the case, hey fucker from Boston and Lincolnshire, I did have an, a driving license just because it's Irish and you're a racist didn't make it any less so. He had to go to court yeah. and say, yeah, I, I. He approached me at a red light and I drove away. Fucking hell. That's so shit. Mm. God damn, a lot of traffic trouble on the roster this last month. Yeah, Ric Flair as well, making them headlines in Charlotte earlier in the year. Ridiculous. So, yeah, uh, all of them get taken out immediately. Back God, that's Ken Kennedy. (laughs) I burst out laughing that he is, like, the ace in the hole. Yeah, he's coming out with his fucking needle... <laughs> I still out of trouble. I can't realize. Back on that's William Regal. Son of a bitch, that's Fit Finley. Smackdown henchmen have been summoned as resources. How very D and D of you, Vince. By God, that's ECW champion. The big show. Yeah, we should say all the SmackDown lads just get like tossed over the top rope yeah. and they are fucking devastated by that because they're all selling it. I love bullshit. I love surprisements. You asked me some of my favourite matches from season one. I'm probably going to go to an Austin versus Dude Love with all the silly mm. shit that happens. I love corporate shenanigans that yeah. have to be overcome. Unless they're happening to me in story mode and no mercy, then they're unfair and broken. Hmm. <laughs> but, like, A, I don't, don't think they should have telegraphed it. Yeah, don't no. say it. I don't do them all at the start. Right. It was just, like, a succession yeah. of men. Just have them on, like, a timer of every, like, two or three minutes. Right. Of them run yeah. out. Stagger <laughs> it. Yeah. something. Back got the hog drop on Shawn Michaels. <laughs> They used the ECW announce table to put Triple H through, maybe because they thought the E was for Espanol. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing JR has left to summon a bit of, of, of uh, enthusiasm is going, Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it is about that, every time he says Jesus, Jesus Christ, it gets such a pop out of me. Yeah, so Triple H gently going through that table. No! <laughs> oh, Jesus! And then the McMahons decide it's time to start the match and they begin their tag team dominance. They do a series of tag team maneuvers and this is at like 0.35 speed. They do the doomsday device, do the heart attack. And it's all to Sean because Triple H is just lying outside the ring for a great deal of this match. And JR makes sure he lets us know that Hawk, late great Hawk, will be spinning in his grave because it's dead wrestler night tonight here in the WWE. Shawn Michaels is back and he takes out both of the, and I quote, McMahon menfolk on his own to a small reaction. Lads, we got, not only is it a second grunt of the night, yes, but it's our first ever Vince McMahon grunt of the <laughs> night. Really? The chairman of the board. Oh yeah. He's got a grunt for you when he takes a body slam from Shawn Michaels and makes this Triple noise. Oh, Mr. McMahon is going to Welcome to Monday Night Raw! It's the same noise he makes when he sees a pretty lady. It's the noise that Bowser makes at the start of Mario Kart. (laughs) 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 Sorry, you might not have heard that one unless you got all the time trials. All right, all right. That's all it is, Uh, yeah. So Triple H is uh, taking care of the McMahons, and now it's time for Umaga. Who, Billy, you'll be happy to know, as a fan of Umaga, Clean wins, in inverted commas, over Triple H, Shawn Michaels, 
and John Cena yeah. the last three weeks they are building this man and, and he, he's not going to lose for a little while either yeah undefeated really great character and when you're building up a big monster like this sometimes it's nice to have like a new bit of verbiage to really help put him over you got what uh, JR started Why calling him now. Why you remind me? Because it has to be said. On the Raw before this, JR started referring to him back exclusively as the Manster. And then afterwards he'd be like, you see, he's half man. <laughs> it's such a fucking, it's like, I can, I can hear Stan Lee saying that. Manster. Yeah. I can hear Vincent Mann going, Manster. And I can yeah. hear him saying it in 1991, 1992, yeah. everyone going, no, Vince, no, no. And then finally, 3am, Brian Gortz in 2006 going, fine, fine, he's the Manster. Not tonight. And JR is very happy for that fact as well, I reckon. He's about to spike Shawn Michaels with that dreaded taped up thumb. But wait a minute, it's... Kane! By God almighty, the big tall man here in Tall Tales was Kane. There should have been a red light. But here he is. Very quickly, here he is. Now, we need to know how this came about. What like, could have possibly this, made this happen? This is a weird-ass combo. We're getting Kane yeah. and DX finally, right? The big green machine. Degeneration Kane. But... <laughs> I am sitting out the speculative jib this month, folks. And I don't have any more left in me. No, no, you, you're done. That was a one and done for you. You nearly ended your career with that. like. <laughs> but I got a text message from a friend offering to write some jid for this month. And that friend, folks, was Mr. Billy Keeble. Hello. Ooh, turns out that jid contest was open to members of the ICR podcast all along. Yeah, so I, I, I've got some speculative jids. Now, bear in mind, I've never read Jid. <laughs> You've not read Jid. But you I listen have listened to... to both of your guys' episodes. You've covering. heard a good ten hours of yes. us talking about Jid. So I feel Jid. like I, I know Jid. I know Chiapetta. Yeah. Patreon.com slash AEPodcast. Far too much Jid content. <laughs> More coming, because you are basically unsealing your own fate with this. Yeah. However, something I don't know is how to do impressions of wrestlers. Okay. So I'm going to need your help. I have sent you to your wireless devices. Oh, look I at this. Sent, oh, hey, hey. It just you, popped Jiz. up on my screen. <laughs> wow, this wireless device. Okay. Now, I'm going to read it as if it's like as if it's a book because it is a book. That's right. But Adam, yeah. you're going to be playing Kane. Glenn Kane. I've all the all the, all the sentences where you're going to speak, I've written Adam and all the bits you're going to say have been colored in red. Oh, that's Kane color. That's Kane color. Kevin Hello. I've done the same with you, but your stuff is going to be in green for That's DX. That's DX. And it's also Ireland. I've also, I've also specified, because you're going to be Triple H and Shawn Michaels here, I've also specified which voice you're going to be doing for each line. Okay. Fabulous. I appreciate that. And that is great because I get two paychecks this way. Yeah. Okay. So I guess I shall start. Here we go. Okay. So we're going back in time. So this is before Triple H and Shawn have entered This is how we get to this room. point. Yeah. Okay. okay. Glenn sat And I should also add that you two have not actually seen this no, yet. No, this is our first time seeing this. You reading this out loud is the first time you, you've seen Coming this. Coming in fresh. Speech and drama will come in handy here tonight. <clears throat> Glenn sat alone in the locker room of the TD Bank North Garden. To keep his mind off his current loneliness, he cracked open his new favourite drink, a recent discovery, something called Mountain Dew. <laughs> he'd, only, <laughs> he'd only had it for the first time recently, but its colour gave him a warm feeling of nostalgia, and the taste had a chemically taste that he felt like he recognised. <laughs> taste had a taste. <laughs> 10 out of 10 so far for accuracy. Yeah, you're right on the money, dude. That he felt he recognised and would give him that emotion. 
you know the one. The opposite of a frown. <laughs> one of the other ways he would pass the time would be by learning more about the stadium he found himself in. Kane was a voracious reader and had a particular fascination with stadiums. Kane frowned before muttering to himself, If you ask me, the names for this particular stadium have just gotten worse. It was originally the Shawmut Center when it opened in 95. <laughs> yeah. Yet in 96, it changed its name to the Fleet Center. Then in 2005, became the TD North... The TD Bank North Garden. He did, however, appreciate the exact address of the stadium, 100 Legends Way. One day, muttered Kane, a great man will rename all stadiums and street names in a much more befitting way of such a great country as the United States of America. One day, a great handsome man will make America great again. You're becoming big show man. Yeah, I was straight. It's, it's, it's trying not to laugh and also doing a Kane voice at the same time. You okay there, big guy? Kane jumped. He hadn't realised that while muttering to himself about the great man, that two men had entered the room. I'm fine. Kane frowned. What do you guys want? There we are. That's we back, back on track now. BFT, back on track. BFT, BFT. <laughs> Before him stood Triple H and the heartbreak kid Shawn Michaels. They were the talk of the locker room at the moment, but not this particular locker room, as it had already been established that Kane was alone. <laughs> they had been on a pranking spree of the boss, Vince McMahon, as of recent. These pranks had ranged from sending Vince an exploding penis pump, dumping manure on him and his goons, and invading the production truck and messing with Vince's voice while talking to the audience. None of these pranks were particularly funny. He did find the Vince-liked cockpit somewhat comical, however. Cocks are funny. Kane muttered to before turning bright red after realising he'd just said that out loud. There was an awkward silence. Neither of the three knew what to say. Kane frowned. So, uh, we saw the numbers, said Triple H. What numbers? Frowned Kane. You know, the, uh, the box office numbers. What do you mean? The film made money, said Glenn. <laughs> you keep telling yourself that, big guy, said Triple H. What Hunter is trying to say, said Michaels, is that, well, how do I put this delicately? I heard you talk around the boys that you aren't the draw you once were, that you aren't the monster that you once were. Glenn sipped his mounted dew. Who's saying this? You probably don't know most of them, uh, on account of you sitting in here on your own all the time, said Hunter sheepishly. One person who you do know that said that, well, uh, I don't know if I should tell you. Tell me. Well, it's Vince, replied Hunter. He said that you're nothing but a chicken shit coward, and you have been for a long time. Chicken shit coward, echoed Kane. Yep, replied Michaels. He said that the new monster of the WWE is that Umaga guy, and he can beat any monster in wrestling. He also said that Umaga called the great country of Russia lame. Kane saw red. <laughs> <laughs> you aren't lying to me, are you? Kane said, standing up slowly. His whole body was frowning. <laughs> no! Triple H replied. When have we ever lied to you? Plus, Sean can't lie because he's a Christian. Michaels frowned. <laughs> <laughs> yes! <laughs> said Michaels. Kane thought he heard Michaels say sorry under his breath. <laughs> be sure. Well, said Kane, thank you for telling me. I have a lot to think about. Well, we best be going, said Hunter. Gotta warm up before the big match, you know how it is. Wait, Kane said, standing in front of the locker room door. Have you ever thought about maybe adding a third member of DX? We've considered it, said HBK. What do you think about cocks? asked Hunter. Kane felt embarrassed. 
He wanted to tell the two that he found Cox extremely funny, that Cox was the funniest thing he ever heard. Would a monster like Cox? Kane thought. Probably not. I have no opinion one way or the other, Kane said, unblocking the door so Triple H and Michaels could leave. Shame, said Triple H. Triple H cl clapped his hands together. Well, let's get going. Good talk, Kane. Good talk, echoed Kane as Hunter and Michaels left the room. As soon as the door closed, Kane exploded with rage. Why were people saying he wasn't a monster? Why was Vince saying Umaga was better than him? Why couldn't he admit he liked Cox? And most importantly, why was Amarga talking mess about the second greatest country on earth, <laughs> Russia? <laughs> Kane threw his Mountain Dew against the wall, but it wasn't enough. He grabbed a chair and hurled it through a vending machine, in part because he had to destroy what was around him. However, he also wanted to do the do, but had just destroyed his, and he didn't have any cash on him. Umaga, growled Kane before cracking open the refreshing beverage and putting it to his lips. Umaga. <laughs> well done, Billy. And I, I, what do you think? Like, do you think I captured the jid? I, I, I referred to him it was sparingly as Glenn and Kane. Yes, that was right on point there. I think we were missing a run-on sentence that yes. had... We needed yeah. a long sentence. There's but... too much punctuation. Yes. <laughs> the, the dedication to summarising the history of the arena's name. That, that was that on point. bullseye, bang on Michael Chiapetta right The spirit of Michael was with us. And it was the opposite of Kane's actual appearance here, which was very fast and underwhelming. Yes. Yeah. Well, he just comes out and hits Umaga and then drags him away. That's I it. looked away and I missed it. Yeah. Like, I, had to, I had to rewind. Yeah, I thought he'd like jump off the stage with him or something. I thought we were getting Kane DX here. Like, no, it's, it is so just a non-factor mm. for this match. Yeah. Uh, it was strange because Kane won a number one contenders match. For the Intercontinental oh. title. You want to talk about a dream match. Kane, Shelton and Carlito. I felt sure we were building to that for nah. this pay-per-view. Nothing. Yeah, those guys have been having incredible matches. But yep. yeah, this was a, this felt like this was a make-do as opposed to the big moment setting up a Kane Umaga yeah. feud. Mm. But maybe we'll get it on Raw. I don't think we're getting it on pay-per-view. I don't remember us getting well, it on pay-per-view. Maybe yeah. next go-around. But yeah, this leads to the big spot, a.k.a. the only real spot in this match. <laughs> It's meant to be coast to coast, and you're meant to have Triple H in that prone position with the bin on him. Shane comes up for coast to coast, very gingerly does the suck it. He comes flying out. Shawn Michaels jump scares in, and he doesn't come within a fucking blues clue of hitting him. Uh -uh. He It is so crap. He just kind of falls over into him. Creative camera work makes it look not egregious. Yeah. But it's still pretty obvious. Yeah. yeah it, it, it's like... It's a it's a mistake and it's a letdown and it's the end of the match. DX win and I there was a point in time where I liked this match. Really, I I liked it at the time. But yeah. the reason why I liked this match is I would throw this on when I was like watching random wrestling if I wanted to get a straight flavor of 06 wrestling. Well, you see so many guys That's in it. this match, yeah. But placement on the show uh, in the context of the show, this stinks. Yeah. This, this is one of our main events, like. And you know you've proven that you can get something out of the McMahon's. But this was not it. No. I hated this. This felt like four lads trying to have fun together on a weekend or something, throwing together a fake wrestling match. It was not a main event. It was not even worthy of the low expectations of this far too long feud that's been nearly going on a calendar year I now. I know. I shudder to think where we're going next now, folks. I remember what I felt at the end of WrestleMania 22, but just barely. Mm. You know, because that was a great feud. This is like so 
B tier, C tier yeah, compared to that. Isn't 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 this it now? As, it? as far as I know, they do more stuff on Raw afterwards. Because mm. I have a feeling they move, the DX move on to another target I know very soon. Bischoff mm. comes back for Cyber Sunday. I yeah. Oh my god! And I think are they... we getting a Cyber Sunday on? Our yes, timeline? we are. Oh fuck me! And we're going to get rated or KO coming up soon as well. And I think that'll be them moving on to actual wrestling. I see. Okay. Maybe. Okay, that's something to look forward to, I guess. Because it has been light duties for Triple H and Shawn Michaels Honestly. this summer, folks. Yeah. Every DX match we've reviewed this season has been worse than the last one. Yep. And JR raves and says, that was like seeing three matches in one. It wasn't, though. I mean, there was enough people there. There was enough there for three yeah. matches, yeah, but... Yeah, we, uh, yeah, it didn't really feel like DX-like, you know? No, and it's just, this is... Like, like, there'd be some gimmick on their behalf, right? That's it. You'd think they'd be smarter than this and they would have like a cheeky plan, like a net ready to catch all these jobbers or whatever, but... They just bring back like, that shark cage that they had. Yeah, Saturday yeah, night. right. Something, some sort of gimmick, and the fact that it is meant to be DX versus the McMahons kind of feels like, oh well, this is the culmination of all of it. Then this is the climax. We're going to get the tag match, and it was just so fucking damp, like a real wet fart of an ending for this. I mean, I don't mean to fancy book bollocks, but like. You know, an easy hook would have even have been, and to get some other people over, is you have all these people, all these heels clamoring to impress Vince McMahon, and they all fuck each other over. Like Matt Stryker blows up Big Show's spot because he wants to be the one who yes. saves Vincent. Mm, yeah. Then you have Vince and Shane losing their cool, all of them, and throwing them all away. Or, you know, something yeah. other than once again, Shawn Michaels and Triple H can take on 10 guys at once yeah. each. Like, it's so ridiculous. But, ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the. I want to tell you a little story and this story is about a champion me chapter one Wrestlemania 21 the money in the bank ladder match he's got it and has won the match where I win a championship opportunity anytime I see fit chapter two New Year's Revolution where I cash in that opportunity after John Cena survived the Elimination Chamber. It couldn't have been a better time, a better place. And I beat him one, two, three for my first ever WWE Championship. He shocked the world! Chapter three. Like any good story, there's always a twist. And with every advantage in his corner at Royal Rumble, John Cena beat me. The champ is John Cena! But the story doesn't end there because I keep coming back. On July 3rd on Raw, I win a triple threat match. John Cena delivered the FU on Van Damme. Cena had the match won, but that's used the WWE Championship to damn Cena's life. And win my second WWE Championship. He's stolen it tonight. Chapter 4, you're sitting at home with your arm around your dad because I bitch slapped him. Pathetic. Damn pathetic. Chapter 5. One Cena goes down today, the other goes down at SummerSlam. This story's gonna have a happy ending, but it's gonna be for me. Chapter 1. WrestleMania 21. <laughs> Chapter 2. January. Chapter 3. I lost the belt. Chapter 4. <laughs> July. Chapter 6. I went to John's dad's house. Yep. Listen here, chickadee. This was a oh. confusing <laughs> moment where John Cena Sr. has been brought in to spice up this feud that I maintain was, was doing okay. 
You obviously don't hey, feel that hey. way. It's a fucking bad segment. But this is the only time where they filmed the main event segment that was so bad they couldn't air it on TV. So Edge had to sheepishly narrate himself and Lita invading John Cena Sr.'s home. And be like, yeah, and then me and Lita were in John's bedroom and his bed's on the floor. And we say like, this is the most action that John's bed's ever seen. And you can hear them in the video going, this is the most action John's yeah. bed's ever seen. And you can just about hear John Cena Sr. ruining it by being like, listen here, tuts. Yeah. Come here, dame. And he goes on and on. So Edge is having, like, Edge in the ring talking over the video. He's having to, like, stall and keep talking and yammering because Johnny Fabulous on the big screen there is cutting a proper promo on him. Let's roll it. Let's see for yourselves up on the Titan Tron. Ah, uh, there it is. The humble abode of the Cenas. Cena's dad invited us in. It was very nice of him, so we decided to, to make our way into the house ourselves, and there we are. Oh, there's the breakfast nook where the Cenas ate their Count Choculas and Cocoa Puffs growing up. Oh, some nice little knickknacks on the wall. Bunch of crap, actually. And oh, this is what we thought was John's room, and there was, there was wrestling boots, but since John can't wrestle, I wasn't sure. Oh, but wait. I saw the throwback jerseys. And he even had a hockey jersey, but it was the Winnipeg Jets. Not very impressive. Oh, there's a Boston Celtics jersey, Larry Bird. But we all know what to do with that. I had to wipe my nose with it. It was a little stuffy, that's all. But Lita, you hit the mother load. There's the family photos. Look at young John, bless his heart, he still has the same haircut. There's John receiving his, his doctorate of thugonomics. And there's the Little League Baseball card. He looks like a little monkey boy. Isn't it cute? <laughs> but we were wondering, where's John's bed? And realized we were standing in it. And that was the most action he'd probably ever seen. And I'm very intimately aware, if you're a backer on the Howchy Wrestling Patreon page, mm. intimately familiar with Johnny Fabulous and his cooking channel yep. and his son's secret cooking channel. More of that on the How-To Patreon. But uh, I was delighted to see him show up here. This is the first of many appearances of Johnny Fabulous in the WWE. Many. Adam, he wrestled Randy Orton on Raw. <laughs> Are we seeing that on our timeline? Alas not. Oh, Alas not. Season six, baby. <laughs> Who do you think would win in a fight? Miz's dad or John's dad? Oh, Mrs. come on. Dad. That's the thing. Miz's dad has got the fucking cocked fists of a man who only knows how to shoot fight. Yep. Oh, I'll tell you about Johnny Fabulous. The man can take a bump. When he gets slapped by Edge, he <laughs> pinballs <laughs> off the couch face plants yeah. on the coffee table oh my god legit good snap on that bum <laughs> got color <laughs> <laughs> so yeah why don't you Adam like Edge and John Cena because I maintain Edge is one of the only people who can get people to boo the heel and cheer John Cena yes, in the face he can he, and he, that's great in this summer it is I just don't enjoy any of his work like sincerely I find all of these segments incredibly tedious and dull there's are not a real chemistry and every time Edge and Lita are doing their whole shtick I just find it cringe there's an episode of Raw where the entire episode is Edge and Lita trying to check into a hotel but they're rude they're so rude to everybody they'll say anything I think like, they're nouveau riche it seems just really try hard and I feel bad saying that because I'm not someone that grew up watching Edge as a main eventer so I've always been curious to like see what everyone says about him. Like, why is he so good in a main event spot? I mean, you love that on the crawl. Edge is one of your faves. Edge is say. great. Yeah. Like, I love Edge as a wrestler. But man, for me, finally getting my first taste of the rated R superstar, this has just been boring me to tears, to be honest. I think you'll like him with Brandy. Yeah? I think you'll like him with Brandy. Heels with heat, maybe, brother. Yeah. Maybe that's a better pairing. Like, Maybe it's him working with Cena that I can't get behind. 
There's nothing particularly bad about any of it. I know you didn't it's... like their announce table. Oh, God, the fucking rated R announce table. Which is brought twice, both for, like, 20-second segments. Mm. At the whole start table. of the night, like, there's... Oh, Edge has got a special announce table. Him and Lita are going to be on commentary. But it's a special sexy announce table because it has, like, chains and piercings on it. It looks like a fucking... A shit Robot Wars robot. <laughs> like, it should have a little hammer coming out of it. Edge and Lita sit at the table for, like, 30 seconds. They say a couple of generic insults. Whoa, like, generic... What's generic about him saying, John Cena may be the doctor of thugonomics, but I'm set next to the doctor of jugonomics, right, babe? And then Lita's like, yeah, babe, you're right. Cool. Good stuff. And then because of that, we get this big, distracting, huge shoebox covered in spikes there for the rest <laughs> of the evening. Like, Imagine you put through that, you die. Not to mention us watching ECW on Sci-Fi, where Edge just keeps, he keeps fucking showing up. He's so obsessed with ECW, and he's like, ECW sucks. Why are you here, Edge? I do whatever I want. Like, he just has been making me cringe so much. Well, look, look, look. We're in John's hometown. And I like the idea here that it's John's hometown. Edge is complaining that he's got the home field advantage. If Edge is DQ'd in the WWE title match, yep. he loses the belt. And next month, we're going to be in Edge's hometown where it's flip reverse. And I was literally halfway through writing, hometown boy done proud. And the crowd are boo. Yeah. They hate John. Yep. In his own hometown. Yep. And there's a sign that says that he's a Yankee. Is, is that it? Because he wore a Yankees jersey? Can you tell me any cool things John Cena has done in the last, and I'm going to repeat it again, folks, nine weeks of television? He, he uh, beat up Edge in a hotel room. Okay. Did he know the name of any automobiles? He, he was unable to identify them at this moment. Uh-huh. Billy and Adam, you will both appreciate this. He was really upset when his father got attacked. Uh-huh. Because Jero was like, if my daddy was alive and he he, he ain't... <laughs> he's dead. He's, he's dead. My daddy's dead. Well, if someone disrespected him, I, I don't want to do a king. Don't, come on now, Jim. Don't kill Edge. Don't get that gun. And yeah, that, that was cool, right? That puts JR over as a baby face, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think of things that would make this crowd want to cheer John Cena tonight. I feel it's probably at this point, John is also the, the odd man out with Rob going away. He's kind of been on the back burner. Mm. So now it's just kind of like, mm-hmm. he's meant to be the, the fill-in. Do you reckon this was, was supposed to have been a triple threat originally? I think so, yeah. yeah. I think Rob would have lost the belt here he still. He would have, yeah. But he would have been in this match. Yes. But yeah, like, they lie so much for John. They go, a standing ovation. It's not a standing ovation if they're see. pointing at you, sat there going, I hate you. It, it, it took him so long to fucking properly acknowledge that not everyone liked him. Mm. They they had their moments before where it was like controversial. Yeah, yeah WrestleMania, you know, yeah. Old school crowds, yeah. traditional versus hip hop, if yeah. you will. But I can like vividly remember, like it wasn't to like, to, when... We, you and I got back into wrestling again that they were still kind of doing it. The and, then the, and then then there was a turn of when they just finally fucking admitted to them. But yeah. that was like 2015. Yeah, and that's, yeah. Like, that's seven, eight years removed from this mm-hmm. and it took them to... God, oh, for fuck's sake, okay, some people don't like John. It literally took the children here going, yay, to grow up into adults yes. for yeah. it to appear. Yes. Like yeah. they were, and, you know, I always credit as well 2014, 15 influx of new fans a lot of younger fans a lot of women who watch wrestling for the first time because of Total Divas and The Shield and mm-hmm. I think a lot of that gets overlooked and not appreciated by modern wrestling fans and they all loved John as well so I felt that was when there were still the vocal people who hated John but they were 
the roles were reversed. They were in the minority yeah. now. And know. also, at that point in time, he'd become an actual good wrestler yeah. as well. So maybe they the didn't grind. feel like they had to cover for him quite as mm. much. But like, there's times where it's like, okay, you want to spoil the match? You're going to spoil the match. And like John Cena, you know, knocked out on the outside, rallying to the nine counts to just get into the ring. And there's loud Cena sucks chance. It's yeah. like, well, you can only do that once in a match. Hey, at least they're awake now because they were getting snoozy during mm. the DX match. Considering we said earlier in the night how tired Edge looked, he is full of piss and vinegar. Yeah, working shoes are on here. The fucking intensity on Edge during this match is is, is great. I will say, when it comes to... fucking fast-paced. Yeah, yeah. when he's wrestling, he clearly still has that feeling of like, I'm the fucking champion. I want to to prove that I'm worthy of this spot. He is very good in that sense. JR is adamant that we should all hate this creep Edge because of how he's treated John Cena's father. And when that doesn't work, he calls Egg... The man with the saucer-sized eyes. <laughs> I mean, he does have big eyes. He has he got does. big eyes. He does. Yeah. Uh, yeah, another other thing on Raw was that he said that he's got a big chin as well, isn't he? Hey. Look how different this guy looks. You'd bully him if you I've, were a I've bully, never looked right? at him and thought about his chin, to be honest. Well, JR wants you to, Billy, so yeah. please do him a solid here. Okay. Hey, on edge. I mean, the one thing JR wants me to think about is, is his sweat here, because he's going, man, folks, here at SummerSlam, I am sweating Crisco right now. Crisco is a solid fat that you can buy in oh, America. gross. <laughs> can you imagine lard coming out of the pores? Oh, like, God damn it. It's like some fucking Junji's. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> They're very kind of basic, Matt. It's just kind of, you know, it's gussied up with Edge's pace and his nice moveset. But it is a, a John gets worked over. Yeah. yeah. Bit of hope, shut down. Bit more hope, bigger shut down. Rinse, yep. repeat. The Let's Go Cena chant gains a bit of sh- attraction at one point. You know, it's a very odd crowd dynamic, but I really just end up feeling bad for the two lads wrestling because what they're given is just being like translated into something else. People yep. hate on it for other reasons. People like stuff they're not meant to. It's just, yeah... John busts out of his third rest hold. And that's when we get the kind of, I don't know, the special sauce of this match. It's Lita trying to do her usual stuff and interfere. And you've got tension between Lita and Edge where she's like throwing him a chair. And he's like, that's literally the last, that's not helpful. Yeah. And then she's like, what the fuck? How am I meant to cheat then? I don't know what I'm supposed to do. That, you know what? I'll say that is an interesting that's a nice wrinkle. wrinkle. Yeah. yeah, that's something. There's peril. And then there's rarely peril. Like you'd never see Bobby Heenan going, I don't know what to do, Rick. I, I, yeah. I can't give you brass nooks. This was addressing the bullshit that they've done before. I like that. Yeah. But like, again, pretty basic stuff. The FU gets countered into the Impaler. John kicks out and then we get the victory rollout of the electric chair drop. John very gingerly going down there but that is the first kind of John Cena trying to shape, be like, I'll show you. Yeah. You know, he didn't I've fish- got a new move. You still suck. Yo. You still suck. Cena powering, powering, powering into the FU. Gets reversed. Lita's bopped off the apron, everyone's down, and at this one moment in the match, and you can argue, right when it counts, they did have the crowd in their hands. They did. Mm-hmm. They did get there, and I think, hats off mostly to Edge and Lita, but to John as well, there was no r- way in my mind that this was going to get anywhere close to, we have you where we want you, and they found a way. They actually yeah. managed And it. that is some sort of sorcery right there. Yeah. That's incredible. At the time, I would have just been like, well, yeah, he fucking sucks. You know, but I can appreciate it now, at least. And I can appreciate the work that went in. Edge is locked in the STFU. He gets his fucking lips out of John's hand just to go, no, 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 don't, 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 Because Lita wants to yep. push in the rope or interfere or whatever it is. Sorry, is this the leader of the menagerie in the palm of Edge's hand? 
because I see nooks. When Mike Knox went to TNA. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> Fuck me. Double F you? No, just Lita. And then Jim Ross. Aww. Jesus Christ! A good shot of the Nooks to the back of John's neck and he does a big proper slash. Yeah. Re- like a proper KO fall, shot. And falls like a sack of shit. Really, yeah. And then he has to do the thing where he has to like really push to get John, who's knocked out over. We get the three count. Son of a bitch! A good heel dark sided end to a pay-per-view i can't believe they got me going at the end of this match i yeah, was they got officially that. checked out at the end and they got me right back so i have to say hats off this match was actually really good uh, in the end i thought yeah. it was really good the, the the last bit of the match was really good last there i'd was, say last three or four minutes yeah were, were very there good there was a lot of faffing which i found very hard to concentrate on like just wasn't doing anything for me but like you say they they managed to pull it out by the end and that's what's important well, that was SummerSlam, and it was a show that only had seven matches on it. And the oh. nicest thing I could say is, thank fucking Christ we didn't have the Kali match, because I don't think we would have survived. You know what? Mm. I kind of missed that from this card. You wanted more bullshit? I, I needed a little bit more of that kind of excitement, you know? But SummerSlam overall, I mean, how did you feel about the show? It's one that I remember... Like, this was like one of the ones when I got my SummerSlam box set. I was like, give me that one, let's stick yeah. it right in. And I think I just really loved, at the time, that kind of Crisis on Infinite wrestling promotions feeling where you had a Ric Flair and a Mick Foley, a Legends match, if you will. But you also had Hogan and Randy Orton, a different type of nostalgia match. You had Sabu on the card with Big Show. You had a lot of different flavors. Dare I say the most different flavors of wrestling we've had on season five on one show so far. Yeah, I think you might be right about that. A wafer-thin see-through case could be mm. made for a tri-branded show off the back of this mm. but i think mm. a lot of the matches for the fans of those matches didn't deliver i i thought it was a very watchable show i find it i, I have issues paying attention to what, watching wrestling for yes. the show and i usually have to watch it in two or three segments this a one, one i go. was able to watch this in one go oh, even wow. though i didn't like every match here I, I found the whole thing it was a breeze to get through whereas other pay-per-views necessarily haven't been not necessarily in this season but just yeah. in a podcast yeah. overall I think most of the matches were followed by matches that were could be viewed as an antidote to something that happened beforehand yeah, yeah. you know whether that was we need to cool you down or we need to reset or do something way over the top to warm you up again Oh, I, I thought you had a, a bad time. It yeah, feels. I thought it was a very weak SummerSlam. There was very little positive in this compared to all the shit we were served at the same time. The fact that we opened with that Eddie Guerrero's ghost on um, a pole match—I had like, forgotten about that one yeah, at this point. That immediately got me off on the wrong foot, and it took a lot to do any course correction. <laughs> like, thank God for Mick Foley and Ric Flair, otherwise I would have had a very bad time tonight. Well, I'm going to ask you, gentlemen, for your match of the night and MVP. I'll start with you, Adam, and I'm suspecting it's going to be the yeah, I Quit match. It's got to be the I Quit it's match. It's not a perfect was... match, I don't think. No, but... it's, it's not even a very good match, I wouldn't have said, but it is just my kind of flavour of bullshit in wrestling, you know. Proper weird car crash stuff. These... These two old legends going at it in what is way more violent a match than you expect it to be. And off the back of that, I'm going to give Rick my MVP because, like, Jesus Christ, no one expected him to be taking that bump in thumbtacks. No. Like. Or just, you know, I think as Billy was saying, he, he accessed that dark side mm, of him. That's he, it. He dialed up to a notch that I don't think the WWE thought he had left yeah. in no, it anymore. Exactly. We got hardcore Ric Flair tonight, and I'm... 
I've not seen him take on the big show in ECW, so for me, that was a very pleasant surprise. Billy, how are you feeling about us? Uh, match of the night, I would give to the Rick and Mick conniption. <laughs> uh, I think that's where I would go. And then I want to give special mention MVP to Randy Orton. Yeah. Um, because I feel like... I mean, I obviously don't know what's been said backstage or anything, but R- Randy did the fucking job, did what he was told to do, and in my belief, because fucking Hogan said... That doesn't work for me, brother. And he's he's neutered himself and made Hogan look good. Yeah, essentially. But I think I want to give my actual uh, MVP to Rick for just being an absolute fucking lunatic. Randy man. got like the special <laughs> professional MVP, yeah. like wrestler yeah. of the month type yes. of thing. Like you know, good job. I think for me, match of the night, it's it's got to be Rick and Mick. Yeah. You know, it's and I think maybe something we didn't touch on is the fact that I think very very rarely does wrestling. And I would say, emphasizing this, WWE effectively capitalize on real-life internet drama. Yes. It never goes well. In a good way. I, I think like, of Edge and Matt from the previous year's yeah. SummerSlam and how yeah. dark-sided and miserable that was. And the reality was that, you know, Mick and Rick were, I think, fine at this point. There's a hatchet already. You know, right. and they actually showed you, fucked up as it was, the kind of weird wrestling as therapy element of it. Yeah, where I think they got to say a lot of things that they thought in their darkest moments about each other in a safe enough environment. Yes. In probably the least safe match possible, they did take care of each other. They, they, and they, and I say that in that you would have expected going in that Mick's going to take this all. This is kind of all right, mm. right, Rick. You can do. And Rick was like, no, 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 no. You're going to do it. I'm going to do yes. it. Yeah. And hey, is that like fucking? And considering oh, that, that he's gone out of his way in the past to say that this kind of thing is very much he considers beneath him. Yes. I just thought it was nice because you could have easily viewed it as just being like. What upsmanship or whatever it was, you could also view it as them being like, in for a penny, in for a pound, we're doing this match together, so let's share the load of bumps. And I thought that for the time they had, it was amazing that they got me to that place of feeling how I did at the end. Because I thought it was too short time, I didn't like the Melina involvement, I thought it was like, at the end I was like, did just Mick's wife say no? That That's it, right? She doesn't want to do this shit. Yeah. And that's why we have to have someone else here but made up character it still worked and honestly it put eyeballs for me on tna because (laughs) like you know i I watched tna all through this period but when they told me that rick fair mcfoley were going out again like i was like yeah baby because i fuck i love this feud it's it's car crash car crash television they had to cut jerry lawler and randy orton to 90 seconds because these lads <laughs> screamed over each other so much they went 20 minutes over their promo all right i thought it was it's amazing and it is i think mick's last hurrah yeah. i don't think mick does anything that comes within 50 percent of the level of this ever again this career and as he said many times himself that might have been the time uh, 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 to put a but- bow on my career uh <laughs> Uh, turning, uh, into into vampire. Ca- turning into the fucking cat from Sesame Street. <laughs> he, he said to me that, that is Nick Foley, podcast Nick Foley. Uh, 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 oh, uh, no. Uh, uh, so, yeah, I think for me, this was like kind of officially being reminded of and also saying goodbye to that part of my Mick Foley fandom. You know, I, I, I appreciated the comeback and him doing what he did and trying something different because the most people would want out there want to be hey, put up Mr. Sacco and have the last hurrah and make, make yourself look good. He tried to make, not just a youngster look good, he tried to make a legend be able to solidify his legacy. That's really cool. So Mick for MVP then, yeah? No. Sabu oh. for MVP. Oh, okay. Because that is the most unapologetic 
performance on a SummerSlam I've ever fucking seen. <laughs> in, in long story short, I'm Sabu. That's what he gave you tonight. Deal. He gave you just exactly what he does. And I, I will never not be enthralled by Sabu being on a SummerSlam and him just doing his type of match. And, you know, shout out to Big Show as well because it takes two to tango. Yeah, yeah Big Show, was, considering how tired and ill he looks. Yeah, honestly. He, he was pretty good tonight. Like, you tell me Sabu's going to WWE, I'll be like, wait, what's he going to do? Wrestle John Cena and Big Show? Yes, he did. Yeah. And I really enjoyed both of those matches. Yeah. Fair play. In spite of their glaring flaws. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what did you think of SummerSlam? Let us know in the comments below. And as always, if you're listening on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, wherever you get your audio, make sure you leave us an old rating or review. Did you know on Spotify now, you can tell us what you thought of the episode. There's a little comment section there. How lovely for you. And if you want to check us out on social media, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Podcast, And you can follow us on Twitter. That's right. Twitter, that's what it's called. Twitter. Twitter <laughs> at a podcast, and on both those social media accounts, you will find lots of videos of classic podcast moments, current podcast moments, and even some previews of our Patreon content. Patreon.com forward slash AE Podcast. We've just done 100 episodes of the SmackDown Crawl oh. and counting Corporate Ministry of Sound, the album review series, Bibliotech, Reading Ranch, comic reviews of the chaotic variety with Adam and Billy. Video episodes of gamesmanship, cardsmanship, and board gamesmanship variety. Q&As, the, the Big Show Show Show, and probably other stuff that I'm forgetting to mention. Billy's probably going to be reviewing Journey to Darkness on there any moment well, now. Well, 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 let's now, calm give it that down. You've got to let it breathe. Right now, do it. You two go now, now, now. It has been a banner year on Patreon, though, i got to say. We've hit 100 episodes of The Crawl. We had The Crawlies 2 recently. We had a gamesmanship that went down amazingly with everyone. We played Just Bring It Together, me yes. and Kevin. We're going to have another gamesmanship hopefully coming in the not-too-distant future. There's almost too much content for us to actually record. Like, we've got so many exciting things on the go at once. It's over 200 hours of content, minimum. Just on the $5 tier alone. That's like, just the $5 tier. You yeah. want to get the $10 tier, you get the Q&As, you can join any point you want in a month, you can drop out whenever you like in the month. It's not changed in price, it's better value than ever and every month you get at least two new pieces of content on the $5 tier and an additional piece of content on the $10 tier. All this and more available at patreon.com forward slash podcast. Thank you very much to our 1,200 plus lovely backers help us keep this show ad free and get a load of content on patreon.com forward slash ae podcast and if you're a purveyor of stuff and things head on over to matthewsbotchermania.com summerslam 2006 the biggest thing of the stuffer (laughs) fuck (laughs) me (laughs) and until next time well, we're going to look and see who won the latest boys' picks. It was absolutely me. Mm. We're watching the Matt Hardy show, baby. We absolutely are not. Yeah, we are. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see about that. It's going to be a... From me, Kevin. <laughs> a... From me, Adam. And a... From me, Billy. And we'll see you next time on the Attitude Era Podcast. <laughs>